What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I'm joined with today, Mr. Ryan. What's happening, everybody? And from shiny California, Mr. G. What up? It's actually kind of cloudy right now. It's not so shiny. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm bitching. I'm, being, I'm LA bitching right now. I know, right? Like, <laughs> oh, it's cloudy. Yeah, I have to wear a hoodie. It's, it's <laughs> one cloud, but like 95 degrees outside. How is it out there in November anyway? Uh, our weather is weird, dude. Like we had like a massive like heat wave in October, and then uh, and it'll be like that for some of winter. Like we never really get like like during the summer it like rain for like parts of July. Oh, that's like, it's it's weird here. That sucks. <laughs> it's not. It's just getting cold here. I think no. we ju- we finally. It took us a while to crack the forties, but we're finally in the forties. It's forty eight degrees like, today. Chillingly cold, right? Probably. This is yeah for me. This is nothing. Like by now, uh, it should be in normal Novembers. Like already in the thirties, right? Right? Or you think a little hotter? I think we're yeah we've been in the thirties, forties lately. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty hot for 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 our area. But um, yeah, so we're back. The three of us are here. Uh, Jen wanted to be on, but she has house duties to get to, so she wanted to clean rather than be on with us today. <laughs> I thought you like made her do house duties. <laughs> no, no, no. There's, there's a sexist joke to be made, but I'm going to take the high road. <laughs> no, we, we share house duties, but she wanted to work on our second bedroom today, so she passed on being on. But she will be on next week when we cover Stephen King, so that should be a fun. Right on. So let's just let's get right into the news. There's a few things I wanted to get into. The first one was the one that annoyed me the most was uh, Weiss and Benoff are leaving. The Star Wars trilogy. They quit the Star Wars trilogy. Um, and it just upset me so much for this final season of Game of Thrones. And I think I'm the only one here that watches it. So I'm the only one that seems annoyed about it. <laughs> they rush it so they could work on that? That's the, that's the biggest thing that went around. They rushed the final season because they wanted to get working on the Star Wars trilogy. And then less than five months later, we get the fact that they... Left the Star Wars trilogy because pretty much they just didn't want to deal with the f- overbearing Star Wars fan backlash. If they <laughs> did something that date that you know the quote unquote Star Wars marks didn't really yeah. like. Did you know that that what's the guy's name? Is it Beninoff? Is that his last name? Yeah. Uh, you know that he co-wrote Gemini Man. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rough, that's a rough, a rough couple of months. <laughs> it's 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 funny because I was. Uh, I don't know. We'll get to talk spoilers later, but I saw Terminator this week, and Ryan, you did too. G, did you get a chance to see it? I'm seeing it today. Okay, cool. So we'll talk about it. You don't have to worry about I already heard what happens in the beginning and all that. Okay, so So we'll get a little into spoilers, but um, every time I see David Goyer's name on a written by, I I think about he wrote The Dark Knight. (laughs) And and I'm like, what happened to this guy? (laughs) He wrote... Well, you know what? Like, 
it's crazy too because David Benioff also he wrote the book Twenty Fifth Hour, and then he wrote the movie as well. Yeah. So I, that's like only thing I really know him for. Other than I mean, you guys know him from Game of Thrones too. But like, I hear that name and I think about that, and I'm like, oh, well, that was really good. Um, so he's obviously talented on some level. But I have friends that you know watch Game of Thrones and kind of feel like they had a good template to work off of when they were going off the books. But then like once they kind of stopped doing that, especially I guess with this last season, they kind of feel like cracks start to show and yeah that's, that's kind of what um what everyone that really hated this last season said about them that once they had once they lost that formula of uh of george r martin they're like that it could the show started falling off but i don't really feel like i've said this before on our game of thrones episode i don't think i don't hate the last season but it's very subpar compared to the rest of the series so and it kind of affected when doing this list, it ended up falling down on my list rather than going up on my list, which is insane. Because when we get into our top ten favorite TV shows of all time, I wanted to go back and uh, look at the list that I made when we did it two years ago to see what changed and what didn't change. And Game of Thrones fell down on my list, and a lot of shows fell off the list, which we'll get into a little later. Well, it means um, you've been watching more TV. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. That's yeah, true. Because <laughs> um, you're, you're like not the TV guy. <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh, also, speaking of Star Wars, Ewan McGregor confirmed that the Obi-Wan series was actually originally confirmed to be a film, not a series. And I think the right choice is made to make this a show, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I mean, you have the platform. You have the money, obviously. Why not? Why not be able to tell the story in a longer form? And be able to add more detail that you wouldn't be able to in a big motion picture release. And I think after this one, I think it should be a very long time before we get a Star Wars movie. I think. Well, every- I'm confused. So there was there was their what they were going to work on. Now they're not doing it. But this wasn't Ryan Johnson working on something too. Yeah, he said he doesn't know if he's going to be doing it anymore. Pretty much, he's pretty much he's not doing it. I think the wording <laughs> on an interview was the wording Is that on more an. I don't know. Like I, I were, I saw the an interview he did in, for press for Knives Out, and he was talking about how he's not sure when he's going to get started on it. Pretty much. So in my head, I'm like, yeah, he's not doing it. And if he is, actually, it wouldn't shock me after uh, Weiss and Benoff left that they may push Ryan Johnson to do it now, give him more money or something along those lines. And I also think that the reason that this is bigger news is because I think this goes into the Kevin Feige maybe having... Oh, he's getting one too. (laughs) Yeah, so he's getting... I think he's getting the next one now. And then a trilogy, maybe Ryan Johnson's trilogy comes after. But um, I I said it like a few weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, I said it a few weeks ago. It wouldn't shock me if he replaces Kennedy. It's what the... I think that's what Bob Iger wants. So, I mean, we'll find. I think... I don't think that'd be horrible. I don't think so either. Because I, I kind of yeah. feel like I kind like I mean just based on what I've heard like I mean there is like a certain Star Wars formula right that she wants everyone to follow I mean you kind of got that impression when you had those original directors for the Han Solo movie and that's and then they and they kind of started thinking too far out the box and then she replaced them with someone more conventional like Ron Howard who was willing to follow like what she wanted which is and I think you need someone to like kind of not do that I think you need someone to kind of challenge. It a little bit. Yeah, which is funny you mentioned that because Lord and Miller, who were originally directing Han Solo or Solo, won the Oscar for Spider-Verse, which was 
given the sequel for t- April 2022. Into the Spider-Verse 2 was officially announced this week Way as well. too long. <laughs> Way so, too long. <laughs> I, was telling, I was telling Rye off the line, I'm like, the April date worries me a little bit because this just may... I mean, whatever. It's an animated movie. It's not, I don't think it's going to top what the first one did, but... Like, the, when in April is it? April 22nd, I think. Well, that's kind of like that's like that's like an Avengers release date. Yeah, so I think it's going to be more of a blockbuster summer. summer blockbuster than an actual like awards player, but it's all dependent on the year and how the animated film is in 2022. So it may be a player again, but I'm happy. I'm happy that it's coming back. So, and I'm with you. you. Have the, Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Sorry. You have the pen. Do you keep the same uh, spider characters? Yes. Do you add more. No, 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 no. Everyone has to remain the same. It has to. I don't, I don't. How about the one uh, Spider Twenty whatever from the very end credits? Do you bring him in? Oh, Oscar! I think Oscar Isaac voiced him. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? I think they're going to include him. I, I don't think he was in there for nothing. And he's yeah. and he's the most random Spider Man you can get outside yeah. of like Spider Ham <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned before like Star Wars and Kennedy has a formula. I don't, does Feige you think have the same formula now? Like I think he does. Every Marvel movie essentially looks like the same. I don't think, outside of maybe Thor Ragnarok, I think he kind of follows the same formula for every one of his movies. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just want to see Nicely Over Public. That's all I need on the big screen, and I'll be happy. I thought that was going to be what uh, Wife and Manoff are going to do because I want to see Nicely the Over Public. That would be fucking awesome. Uh-huh. Um, that would be such great storytelling. Yeah, and then the other bit. How of much the, of a gap do you want now? A like, lot. After Rise of Skywalker, like, a lot. I well, if they do Knights of the Old Republic, that's thousands of years, right? Right, or hundreds of years. Yeah, that's like that's before Yoda and everything. Like yeah, that. so like, that would be that would be cool because like Game of Thrones, we're gonna get into the HBO Max stuff now, but like Game of Thrones prequel series, House of the Dragons, is three hundred years before the events of Game of Thrones, so. I think they should get away from the Skywalkers as much as possible for their next trilogy. So and this yeah. would be the best way to do it because it'll be fan service and it'll be a great story to tell in the same universe and just they will bleed out all like the great creatures and everything else that makes Star Wars what it is. It's like I think no one talks about it because the movies haven't been they've been okay but haven't been great. Like I like what they did with um, Fantastic Beasts in the Harry Potter world. Because they went far enough that you can create your own stories, but close enough that we can still talk about Dumbledore right. and Harry Potter think, and uh, stuff like that. I think Rogue One was a good like kind of test of that kind of. I mean, I mean, you were, I mean, you still had like familiar stuff in it, but like it was mostly people you didn't know. Yeah, and I it, would agree. And you know, it was six, and, it, and it was successful, and it was you know, I, I like that one more than. Uh, Solo. The new ones, yeah. So like, it's. I mean, I. I think it's possible you can like tell stories that and have people in it that fans aren't what? familiar with. Any movie that you have Vader fucking people up is gonna be a great movie. <laughs> well, I. I would. I would disagree with you with what I saw this week, and we'll get into it a little later. But boy, those prequels! I have some stuff to say later. Um, See, I was waiting oh, yeah, for on Last Jedi last night, but I'm like, I'm saving my rewatch until closer to December. I'm trying to do everything in order, so that's why I'm starting early because it's gonna take me. Oh, uh, gotcha. So, 
Yeah, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so we get to the big news of the week regarding streaming at HBO Max. Warner Media confirmed that HBO Max will be fourteen ninety nine, a little expensive, I think, mm-hmm. with compared to the prices that Disney Plus and then Apple Plus TV. But if you already have HBO, that shit's free. Yep. So in a <laughs> way, like you pay for HBO, you you know you're pretty much just going to continue paying for HBO. So yeah, part package. So they're getting a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> the one that came to mind first that it made Ryan happy was that Green Lantern is getting its own series. I am happy about this, Talk especially about if they do it right. Talk about it, Ryan. I know you were very <laughs> excited. No, about like that. if they do it right, you know, you incorporate because all the different Lantern Corps, all the great stories that you can do with it and all the different Earth Green Lanterns, because you don't have to just do, um, well, I'm having a brain fart, Ryan Reynolds, you can do Guy Gardner, you can do John Stewart, you can do so many, uh, Kyle Rayner, like all the great stories that you can tell with that. And Greg Berlanti, yes, he made the first one, but well, all, he's shown that he can. He did. Oh, you didn't know he wrote it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he wrote that. So when I saw that exchange that you guys had on Facebook, I was like, Greg Berlanti did that? I was like, oh. <laughs> I think he's, he's more than made up for it. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. Exactly. You, you know what's funny? I think about that. I think did, wasn't Green Lantern the first movie after Dark Knight Rises? I think so. No, I, I think about so, it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah, that's it's you know, that's not that's not great. But I mean, I'm willing <laughs> to give it a shot and it's in the right form. I think Green Lantern sh- is better off as a series than, and, than yeah, an actual and great movie. Is true that he he's good with the TV. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And then there's another DC show I'm looking in my notes, but he's getting he's getting a few shows. I think he's outside of D, uh, DC. He's getting six shows on HBO oh, wow. Max. So he's uh, he probably has a. Uh, I know last year when I wrote the story, he, out of all the like uh, showrunners producers, he has the most TV shows on air currently, are either coming out or like on air currently. Like more than Ryan Murphy, more than like Shonda Rhimes, he's like one of the biggest guys in that industry right now. Yeah, that's crazy because he's and it's beyond just like I remember when he was just like the DC TV guy, and like he's doing everything now. Yeah. And then real, you know, um, DC TV hasn't been. We were talking about it off the line. DC TV hasn't been too great this season. Um, I'm, I'm uh, I mean, Arrow has kind of been good. I mean, I, I think just because it's. Probably because it's only ten episodes, so it has to be very focused. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, but like, I, I think Arrow's been good. I am that know, last I'm Arrow. I'm just happy that what's her face is coming back for the finale because I was really concerned about uh, yeah. Felicity not being there, and I was like really weirded out that she decided to leave right right before the last season. But at least she's coming back for the series finale. And then um, HBO Max. I think we confirmed in articles a few months ago they're getting Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, and they just won the rights to South Park, which I five hundred million dollars. <laughs> that's insane. And I think they have a deal similar to Hulu, so they have a deal for the next three seasons that they will get the episode. I think like a day or two after it airs on Comedy yeah, Central. Yeah, Rick and Morty. Too. Yep, and they also got the Big Bang Theory. So yeah, that's well. and they so pay- like all these like kind of giants got different ones. So like you know like NBC their streaming service they took back like you know they got the Office. And then Netflix is getting Seinfeld. HBO Max gets the Big Bang Theory. CBS like, is giving so they nobody. All kinda got, got, they all kind of got one <laughs> Yeah, like, of the big ones. And Disney Plus just has everything. Because <laughs> Disney True. Plus yeah. has. I mean, I don't think. I mean, they call this a streaming wars. But I think we win in the end. <laughs> because we're getting <laughs> all this like great shit. 
I can't really. So like, I didn't realize that Apple TV quietly launched. The other day. Yeah, so I have Apple I TV. Email, I got an email. They were like, I was like, oh wait, well that was so little fanfare. <laughs> so I have Apple TV, and every time I turn it on, the last three days they've been telling me to sign up for it. So I we're thinking about it because it's only four bucks or four ninety nine or whatever. So we're thinking I about it. I want to see that more. I only want to see the morning show thing. I that's think. exactly what I told Jen. I said that's <laughs> the only thing I want to see because it's Steve Carell and. I want to see what what he does on that. The and like you know, so far Reese Witherspoon's been doing pretty well with like the TV stuff, like with Big Little Lies and all that. So I I kind of curious, and it, you know, it's pretty topical now too. So and the Jason Momoa show is getting ripped to pieces. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's not doing too well. Uh, Haley Seinfeld show. Uh, Dickinson River is called. Yeah, um, but that's like one of the reasons that she may be able to do Hawkeye. Like they have to work out a deal with like Apple and uh, Marvel, I guess, or Disney. Well, I so think they, and I also think they made a deal too. Disney and Apple were working together on something. I don't know if I've ever. Oh, okay, so maybe they'll, maybe they'll. Work it too. should be fine. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, if I if I give it a shot, I'll let you guys know what I think next week because I'm for four ninety nine. Well, I kind of wish they, like I feel like they should have bigger. I mean, I'm not saying that like something with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell's not big, but like you know, you have HBO Max, which seems to be launching with like all these like. Even ahead of like their launch, there's like so much. They're like, oh, I can't wait to see that or that or that. And then Disney Plus is doing the same thing. And then Apple kind of has like this, like, mm. yeah, no, <laughs> like, I'm here's with one you. thing. I'm with you. Like, I know you guys. I don't know how Ryan feels, but I know you got you aren't a really big uh, fan of the Big Bang Theory. But I like the Big Bang Theory, so that's a huge get. That's going to get a lot of people because even in its last season, it was still having great ratings. So yeah, I think that'll. But Disney throw Disney pulls out their 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 Mandingo and says, "Here's the Simpsons." So I think <laughs> I think like you said, everyone has it's something. Like even even if in it's like you know current state of like it's not that good, it hasn't been that good in so long. But they're like people crave like classic Simpsons, mm-hmm. and so to be able to like go back and watch. I mean, I still have like it still runs on FSX right now until it won't anymore, and I record all those episodes and watch them when I have nothing else to watch because. Classic Simpsons is like the best Simpsons, and I think um, you lose that next week, right? When it launches, it automatically yeah, goes off. Hey, well, you, when it launches, we use it. Yeah, so that makes sense. I mean, I'm I I think Nef- What is Netflix? However, have? they're not getting like Family Guy and stuff like that. That I like American Dad. Like I don't know how that kind of works, but like they're not getting that. Wait, I, I, maybe they didn't want it. Like, I think Family Guy. Yeah, like, that's I mean, true. Well, so is The Simpsons, I guess. Yeah, The Simpsons can be, but like, I mean, Family Guy is also like raunchy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I do like Family Guy over The Simpsons. To be to be honest with you, I think Family Guy is hysterical. I do now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, next week all of us will have no lives because we will be on Disney Plus. <laughs> and then uh, Jen's gonna be Jen's gonna be watching all her old Disney TV movies. <laughs> my dude, Alley Cat Strike will be on deck <laughs> day one. I think. I'm, do you do you know? Do you remember Alley Cat Strike? I do remember it. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I thought I was the only one that actually remember that. And then I also—it's gonna be fun to peruse that little library, though. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And this this is, is this is the new Netflix for us. We're gonna end up browsing before actually watching if something. It's gonna be we're bringing on there for like two hours before watching. And how <laughs> fast are you gonna watch the Mandalorian? Uh, oh, day one, day one. I'll be day one on that. <laughs> that's not, that's another reason I kind of want to get through all these Star Wars movies in the next like week and a half so I can just go right into the Mandalorian. So all their stuff launches on that day, right? Like that. Not that everything. What about that Anna Kendrick Christmas movie? That does, yeah. That I, does. Um, the Mandalorian launches that day. 
Uh, the Anna Kendrick movie launches that day. I think the I think High School Musical does. That does too. They got a, ho- a lot of shit. The only thing I know for a fact is not launching that day is all of Marvel and all of Star Wars. Yeah. I don't think all the movies are launching. Uh, by the way, day. they already renewed that High School Musical show. <laughs> are you watching oh that? No, no. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I had to ask. Uh, yo, I had to, when my, when my brother was little, I had to, like, chaperone his class to go see the third one in theaters. And all those kids knew all the songs like ahead. Like I like it was opening day, and I guess the soundtrack had already come out. And all those kids knew all the songs already, and they were singing in the theater. And I felt like a crotchety old man sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is... "Well, that's but, how I know. it was definitely." A... But this show was like supposed to be all meta. It's like they're like it's High School Musical, and they're doing a stage version of High School Musical. So it's like uh, so it's that show, meta, yeah. the show. So it's like West Korea's new nightmare version of High School Musical. <laughs> But yeah, but like, <laughs> um, I know Jenny's excited, and it's not launching opening day because they just they were filming last week in the city. But uh, she's all in on Lizzie McGuire. When Lizzie McGuire starts, that's that's the one I think Jenny will be. Well, they got, they got her family. They got the whole family back. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's all I need is an even Stevens for, reunion. For Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff's got two jobs, and she's never been a mess for her. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's one like of, the like, only one that survived that period unscathed. Well, her and I think Zac Efron. I think those are the two from that era that did okay. Uh, he had that little business on Skid Row in downtown LA. <laughs> he said he said he was looking for a sushi restaurant. Was not. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, Rom- oh my God, uh, Romano, uh, Chris- Chrissy Romano, I think from even. Romano, Steven. yeah, yeah. She, she's, she ended up okay. Too, and I guess so. Raven Simone hasn't really either. Oh, she's been all right. Oh, she made bad shows. So that's. <laughs> that's- We're talking about their drug bad shows over bad choices. <laughs> that was a bad I mean, choice. Because I, I don't. When I thought a man was gonna like get through that, and then all of a sudden she went off the rails like quick. I was like, oh damn. Because I don't, I don't know if you guys like. I don't like. I never liked that sober even. Yeah, I was never a fan. No, I, I, this was never. I could tolerate Lizzie McGuire when I've seen it, uh, but like I never that so even. Yeah, i yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. So yeah, and so. the fact that like they brought it back when she's older and whatever. And then uh, moving on, moving on to uh, something you reported on Thursday, and I was, I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this, but Frozen Two is. Enters tracking at one hundred million dollars. I don't know why I was surprised at this, but I, I, at this point, thinking about it over the last two days, it's probably going to be more than a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I think like the so the first one opened to like um, ninety three, I think point four million, something like that, and it currently has like the biggest uh, Thanksgiving opening ever. But they're actually opening this one a week ahead of it. So not only is it going to, I think, dominate that weekend, it has the whole holiday weekend the next weekend to kind of make a lot more money, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of, I, I'm kind of far removed from it because I'm not a huge fan of the first one. Oh, no. Uh, but I do, but I do understand that it's popular. Uh, you know, the big, the big thing that they were saying about the sequel in general and what drove the first one is that it's heavily, like, women are, like, heavily behind it. And, you know, uh, women are not to be underestimated at the box office. Like when they something that they want to see, they go and see it. Um, so it's not just women; it's like young kids and women too that are driving it. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, it's I been love a while the first since one. So I really, I, I really enjoy I, the first one. I haven't I seen like the first one in entirety. So it's the only movie, Rye, since you haven't seen it in entirety, that Josh Gad is tolerable. <laughs> like he's actually pretty entertaining. I. Didn't realize he was Josh uh, Gad until after. Song too. I hate that song. I started hating Let It Go after 
the first after the year. It was just too much. And there's a <laughs> and there's they a gave, they gave it an Oscar. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a definite Oscar though. That was that was I, one of the gimmies. And I like Adina Menzel, like Rent. I like her. I just ugh. oh, she's gonna be in that. She's in that new Adam Sandler movie, Uncut Gems. She yeah, he's getting Oscar for that. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. Have you seen the trailer? Though? He does it, yeah. yeah, yeah it looks him. really good. It's good not the first time he's got Oscar buzz though. Punch Drunk Love were way back in the day. Yeah, way back. But yeah, this looks really, really good. It looks right up my alley in terms of like sports gambling and shit like that. So looks right up my alley. Um, and, she and, like, and she looks like okay, trashy hot in it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, little, little Blake Lively in the town esque. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last bit of news that I have is um, just in passing. I just wanted to throw out there that Joker officially launched his Oscar campaign this week. So uh, it put uh, the categories that it's going for is picture, director, adapted screenplay, actor, supporting actor, supporting actress, uh, ensemble cast. So that's probably for SAG, cinematography, production design, film editing, costume design, visual effects, sound editing, sound mixing, makeup and hairstyling, and original score. Going for supporting for those? Yeah, Ooh. I don't know why. Uh, they went supporting for uh, De Niro and Zazzy and Francis Conroy. They, they were good. They're just not gonna. Yeah, no, I it's Joaquin yeah. and that's they didn't have enough. They didn't have enough to do, but like they were good. I guess. Yeah, I think sometimes when a movie's going all in, they'll gonna, they're gonna go completely for everybody. So, um, you know, Endgame launched its campaign. Uh, they they have all the for your consideration pictures you, that are floating did around. Did you now. see they didn't put visual effects as a F- F- FYC? I saw that. I was like, uh, I was like maybe there was quite a, maybe it was a typo. Someone left it out. There has to be a typo. <laughs> I personally, ha- I did. I had it winning. I was that and that and Irishman are my top two. I'm surprised it didn't go for it. So I guess we can move that out and put Star Wars in. Um, What's crazy is that like it's one of the, it's one of the best reviewed movies of the year. Like, and I don't see it getting like a best picture nomination at all. I don't, I don't either. I don't. I think I think it's like and like it's weird because it, I mean I wouldn't if it was there I'd be like happy about it. I wouldn't be upset that it was there. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to think that like you know one of the best reviewed movies of the year is probably not gonna. I think I, now that um I think I said this I don't know if you were on G right you were definitely on um so Joker is over nine hundred million now and I saw an article this week from Hollywood Reporter that the money it's made with Oscars obsession to get blockbusters into their best picture lineup pretty much almost confirms that it's getting a picture nom. Yeah, so like this gets brought up a lot. Like, and like my friends don't quite get it because they don't see the correlation. But like, you know, we've talked about it with like Joker, you know, with other big movies too. Like, you know, to a lesser extent, something like like if something like Hustlers makes hundred million dollars, it gets like it, and that and Joker makes nine hundred million worldwide. It just helps, and it's not because like it really affects the quality of the movie. It's just about the Academy wanting to be like, okay, these are movies that were well received critically, so that helps. But they also made a lot of money, and that means a lot of people are interested in them. And that means if we nominate them, people, more people will watch. watch. Yep. And I mean, and like, and that's not the. I mean, it, it's not the best reason to kind of throw someone into the race, but like, it definitely matters. I think Joker needed this, to be honest with you. I mean, it was getting the love, and Joaquin was getting the love, but I think it needed to dominate the way it dominated in. in at the box office like i see it like right now i see it getting picture adapted actor uh cinematography score production design costume design and makeup that's what i have it in for so i do have it in for a few awards 
And if it gets into picture, then Joaquin is, he, I think he's the front runner, like by a lot. Because I, I've, I've, no, I've started to notice a trend. Uh, there's a website that I go to that I follow Oscar pundits and they, you know, they update their predictions like I do every week. And a lot of them, I, I think I may be one of the only ones that have been on Joaquin since day one. And I've been noticing that it's been changing a lot over the last week. Like Joaquin is one, two, or three in everyone's predictions now. So nice. I think the money, the money is. I mean, it's still Ryan. I know you love it as much as as much as I do too. And hopefully, G's on the same boat. It's still going to be a, a tough hill to climb, though. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I, I trust me. I hope. It, like, what are the odds? And you know, you know it better than I of it actually getting Best Picture. Like winning? Zero. Yeah. Zero. 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 Yeah, yeah. The zero. nomination is a toss up too. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on how many like kind of it, it's all about the Academy voters and like a lot of older ones seem to not like it the way that we do. Yeah. They 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 point out how like violent it is or how like it doesn't th- it's not as like good as it thinks it is. Like but a lot of younger Academy voters who are there, so they tried to make it more diverse in the last few years. They do like it. So it's a matter of, like, if their kind of votes and voices get heard over the more crotchety older members that are like, I don't want it's not Except for two scenes, it's not really that violent, though. Except for the two scenes, really. I think it really isn't. But it's weird because I've had people that have come to the restaurant I work at and, like, after they see it, like, even though they felt it wasn't that violent, it's something about it that stays with them, though. Like, they were unsettled by it. Like, especially after the last 20 minutes or so. Which is the point. I mean, I think if the movie wasn't trying to make you do that and feel a certain way, then whatever. But if that's the point of the like, that's what he wanted you to do. That's what he wanted you to feel. But like, right, to answer your question, like the reason I keep hoping that it gets nominated for Best Picture is because that'll help Joaquin like a lot, like a lot, gotcha. a lot, a lot for it, the movie to get nominated for Picture. Because if it gets nominated for Picture, that means they like it more than we had anticipated. And like going back on what G said, the older Academy members have not loved it, but they make sure to still praise Joaquin. That's good. So, and right now, actor as crowded as it is, I think it's a two horse race. I think it's Adam Driver and and Joaquin to be completely oh, right honest on. with you. Yeah, oh, poor DiCaprio. <laughs> DiCaprio's getting in. No, DiCaprio, I think is getting in, but I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he comes comes close to winning. And poor Taron Egerton. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that's going to suffer because I think Eddie Murphy may win the Globe. Oh, well, well that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like Eddie Murphy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I have, all for Eddie Murphy. I have I'm to back. see it. It's on. It's it hit Netflix this week, so I'm going to check it out. Uh, Dolomite is my name, so I got to check it out. But he's getting a lot of buzz, so if he wins the Globe, he might land an Oscar nom. Dude, he's on like a huge comeback. He's doing. He did that. He's going to go back to stand up next year. He he's probably, hosting SNL. He probably realized he's fucking talented. <laughs> I mean, like, or, or I think he kind of he admitted too, because like you know he had gotten that period. I don't know how long that period was where he was just making family movies. Yeah, and like he kind of felt that's what he needed to do because he was getting older and he's like, I can't do the same stuff I was doing. But then he kind of realized that the age he is now, like, it shouldn't even matter. Like, he just like if something's good, he should just do it. And no matter if it's you know R rated or PG thirteen or whatever, like whatever feels right, he should do it. I agree because he is he is still super talented. He's just making stupid fucking decisions. Yeah, I mean he just you know he made a lot of soft movies for like well, I mean, over ten years I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> I think like a- it's crazy because um, 
over the summer when we were Jenny and I were on our honeymoon, uh, we were, it's, I've mentioned before we we're on a Disney cruise. So on the Disney cruise, since there was no TV, they had like a channel that played all every Disney movie. It's kind of Disney Plus, but on a boat. And um, gotcha. they just, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the Haunted Mansion. Whatever. I haven't seen this shit in like twenty, in well, fifteen years. Let me give this a shot. And like, it was right after Pirates of the Caribbean. And I remember, like, there was a lot of hype for this movie. They got Eddie Murphy, so on and so forth, and it's Pirates is great. But, my God, that, I think that started the downturn for him because that movie fucking sucks so much. It it has not aged well at all, and it wasn't even good to begin with. Yeah, so. I mean, like, most of his film, like, I could tolerate Dr. Doolittle, maybe Oof. Daddy Daycare. That's the one I could... I could uh, I can okay uh, handle. Think of other ones. Oh yeah, then they made sequels to both of those. Uh, God, I do got three. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Oh god, and then I mean, I, I, I don't count the Nutty Professor as being like. I mean, I know that's like more of a mainstream. It's not like a kid movie. That kind of, I think that kind of started him going down that route though, where it was like a very like uh, crowd friendly. Yep. Yeah. Movies and like Nutty Professor was funny. I mean, I still think it's funny. But I think that's where it started for him, where he kind of saw that because he had had a bunch of flops in a row before Nutty Professor. Yeah, because he had did like Distinguished Gentleman and Vampire in Brooklyn. There was like a bunch in a row that didn't work, and then Nutty Professor did. So I think he kind of like hopped on that train. Like for me, the last like really funny Eddie Murphy movie is like Bowfinger, and that was in '99. Yeah, because Dreamgirls was in '04, but that wasn't a that wasn't a comedy. Funny movie. So, I mean, yeah. he was good in it. But yeah, like Dreamgirls was like the last really good thing he had done. And then he didn't win the Oscar, and he left early. No, <laughs> and then he did Norbit or whatever Morbid or whatever the fuck that movie. No, he did. Norbit. <laughs> he did right before the voting was done. I think that's why he didn't win. Yeah, I think that's why he <laughs> lost too. Nor- Norbit came out two weeks before voting was done, and the Academy was like, "Oh God, no! Yeah, we can't give not give that to <laughs> we him. We can't give him an Oscar." <laughs> <laughs> who does? Nor- who plays Rasputia on screen? <laughs> but yeah, I think next week I'll probably have a comment or two to say on it. I'll probably catch it this week. Um, but moving on to what we watched this week, um, I saw. Remember, I mentioned I was going to go see the lighthouse, so I went to go yeah. see the lighthouse, and uh, yeah, man, <laughs> lighthouse is pretty fucking great. It is. It like I've had like, a lot of people ask me like off Instagram, in on DM, on text, like. I heard, you know, it's getting good reviews. Should I see it? And I'm like, I, sp- I think for a second, I'm like, let me think of this person I'm speaking to and what they would think. <laughs> and I immediately either say yes or no. It's not for everybody, but it is a fucking crazy movie. Um, I don't like The Witch, but I think this is much, much, much better than The Witch. And it's not like The I Witch it? is bad. It's just like The Witch is boring. <laughs> yeah, this is not boring because our pats, Robert Pattinson, I'm I'm ready for him to wear that fucking cowl. Like I am all in on that. He is he started, okay. apparently he started training. Good, good, good. He just needs because acting wise is not the problem. He just needs to get a little bulk so up. Bulk, he's got yeah, bulk yeah. Up. Um, he is him and Defoe are incredible. They are in. I hear they're very committed. They're, <laughs> they're very what? Committed. Very committed. Yeah, yeah I've, ne- to the- I've never yeah, thought that I would see uh, Robert Pattinson jerk off on screen. That's uh, <laughs> there's been like story. There's been stories on my newsfeed that keep popping up about that. Just like Robert Pattinson talks about his ferocious masturbation scene. <laughs> Let me tell you, like, he jerked off three. He beat his shit like it owed him money. Like it, 
was fucking like three times he beats off. <laughs> and I'll, but you know it is what it is. Um, he's really good in it. Defoe's really good in it, and it's. I think there's more. You got to think about it. It's not going to give you all the answers you want, but I think it has a lot to do with Greek mythology. Like when you when okay. you actually read a little bit of it after the movie, and you read certain things about what the director was trying to say, uh, it makes you think, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, that makes sense, and that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, there are fucking mermaids and squids and octopuses in the movie, but it's okay. It's still fucking great. Um, <laughs> it looks really good. Cinematography is fantastic. You feel like you're in the 1890s. The way they filmed it, I think they filmed it in uh, 35. So it's uh, even on the big screen, it looks like a shot on 35. So you don't get the entire widescreen shots. So it's really, really good. I, I think you may like it, G. I'm not sure if you will, Rye. Oh, really? I was, hoping, <laughs> I, was, I was actually thinking about seeing it yesterday, but I went with Jojo Rabbit instead. Spoiler for what I'm about to say next. Well, I mean, if you decide to give it a shot, I'm curious. It's not long. All right. It's not long. It's only like an hour and forty. So if you do see it, I'm very curious to like, I mean, smoke weed or something if you want. <laughs> um, I, also, I do not partake in such things, sir. <laughs> um, I also, I also saw Serendipity for the first time because Jenny made me watch it. It's okay. It's not bad. It's all right. It's good. I'm never gonna watch it again. Is that a Christmas movie? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it in a while. I, I, well, I, I used to have, like, well, I still have a big crush on Kate Beckinsale, but back then I had a huge crush on Kate Beckinsale. It's not bad. Listen, I, I, I can be romantical for Jenny and all that fun stuff, but there's no fucking way I'm going to buy that you, let's say me and this girl, like, meet one time and we don't get our numbers, and I'm going to leave some girl that I'm about to marry for some girl I met for, like, 45 minutes. I'm not buying that. Well, she's Kate, but who do who it is? <laughs> it, it's it's Kate Beckinsale. It's Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> then um, my wife for Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> but yeah, like it's yeah. good. It, it was fine. It's, it like it really plays up to like whatever you know. It it, it follows the romantic comedy like drama motif to the T. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like this is basically oh, yeah. what you guys want to see. And, uh, and the fantasy. I'm saving the um uh. Terminator franchise for for last because we're gonna get into Dark Fate, but um, I uh I saw I started my Star Wars binge and I saw episodes one, two, three, and I started Solo. All right, I <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I haven't seen these in about two. Uh, last shot I was two years ago, so I haven't seen these in two years. So this, I the last time I saw this was pre last Jedi, last Jedi backlash. Anyone that has the nerve and the balls to come at me with the prequels are better than Last Jedi, I want you to come over my house so I can bitch slap the fuck out of you. <laughs> well, you um, you Facebook story the best moment. Phantom Menace. <laughs> I I I remember when we've talked about the Attack of the Clones of Phantom Menace. Like Attack of the Clones is a lot worse than Phantom Menace. It is. It's not. It's it's so boring. Outside. The thing is though, the Phantom Menace at least has like moments that are like, oh, that's fun. Like so, I don't have any moments in Attack of the Clones that's like, oh, that's fun. So yeah, <laughs> so I thought that, and I really felt that strongly. But I guess you know what the thing is, I never watched them back to back. 
I've always I've always watched them like a few days apart, and I just forget about Fans of Menace or whatever. But like, yeah, you mentioned I put it in my story. Like the best part of the movie, it felt like it took two years to get to that best part of the movie. Dude, the pod race is one of the m- most outdated. Actually, it aged age aged so poorly CGI wise. All three of these movies aged terribly CGI wise. Like it, you can tell it's nineteen ninety CGI. That's besides the point because it's a nineties movie or whatever. But um it's extremely boring. There's nothing engaging about the first probably ninety five minutes of Phantom Menace. And it's not Jar Jar. I just think the movie is really bad. And then Attack of the Clones is well, yeah, Attack of the Clones is Attack of the Clones, and uh, <laughs> um, I see, I think Rai, you were the one that says you really enjoy the final scene. I uh, yeah, I, like that for me is a saving grace for me at oh, least. Attack of the and, Clones. Yeah, and if they showed Anakin going ape shit on the Tusken Raiders a little bit more, I think that would have been better. So that actually, that scene would be really good if it had been so longer. That's actually what I was gonna touch on. I'm like, that actually worked. It's the only scene with Anakin that actually worked in the movie <laughs> because he is. People bitch about and complain about Kylo being a whiny bitch, but it fit, it's in his fucking blood. <laughs> it's in his blood. Like and technically, no, Luke is a little Skywalker, bit of a whiny bitch. All the Skywalkers are whiny. Oh my god! <laughs> like Han even, Luke, even Luke at one point was whiny. No, no, whiny. Luke, Luke, Luke was known. I as just a whiny wanted bitch. to go get some power converters. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I think Leia is like, what the fuck was I born into? <laughs> Leia's the only one that's not whiny in the entire Skywalker family. I mean, think of the Skywalker family. The mom dies of being sad. <laughs> well, she does die because of being sad, but that's because George Lucas is like, I don't know how to get the fuck out of this. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel bad for Hayden Christensen because he actually can act. Stop. Uh, Gee, stop. He can't act. No, nah, man. You see, have you seen Shattered Glass? Because he's really good in that. No, I, I'll give you he was good in episode three. He was and, legit uh, He's also good in Life of the House. I think he's good. Out, I just think like he's good if like the writing for what he's doing is good. Yeah. <laughs> George Lucas is so bad. So he's not bad. a good writer. I, he he got lucky. I don't know how. Like He had one good idea, and then... Like... Yep. He, made a, he made a billion dollars. <laughs> I, I, I always tell anyone that, listen, George Lucas struck gold, and that's it. Because outside of Star Wars, that guy can't write. He can't yeah, direct. Everyone's always like, "Oh yeah, but what about Empire Strikes Back?" We're like, well, he indirected it, and he didn't write it, and he didn't write it either. <laughs> so he came up with a story. So I guess we give him credit for that. Yeah, like, sure. Uh, but yeah, he the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, no, he no, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I'm with you. And like, it's so weird because he's considered this like top tier director. Like, if you like mention, you can mention him amongst like the Spielbergs and Scorsese's only because he did Star Wars. And not because of his whole body of work. Yeah. But, but he did this, like, one great thing. Yeah, it's true. And, like, it's... I don't want to take that away from him, because it is a really great thing that he did. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. But, uh, yeah, I... Uh, oh, man, tough, 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 tough. He just can't write. And, like, the fact that, like, that in the prequels, you have really good actors who are just, like, not doing a good job. Like, Natalie Portman's not good in those movies. You got you you subdue Samuel L. Jackson, which is like hard to do. <laughs> um, I will say, like as as boring as the first one is, I think the best performances in the entire prequels is probably quite as Liam Neeson. That's Liam little, Neeson, yeah. and and like that's an example of like you can be like quiet and subdued, but still be good. Like there's something about him in wait, that movie where you're, you're I know, interested. I know this is off topic, but wait till you see the Irishman. That's Joe Pesci. Oh, it's, oh my god, so good. Quiet. Pulling in some nominations. Oh yeah, he's getting nominated. If Pacino doesn't win, I think 
and they don't want to go with Pitt, I think Pesci's going to win. I think it's one of those three. Pesci is so fucking good in The Irishman. Um, but yeah, so moving on from that, I saw Doctor Sleep. I saw it uh, a little early, and Doctor Sleep is so good, so good. Uh, is it slow? I mean, it's the same pace as The Shining. I think I would give it oh, that. That's fine. So it's 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 slow paced. You're not going to get. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm definitely don't want to spoil anything for you, but I'm trying to think of what. It, yeah, it's it's a little slow paced, but nothing that's. It's like The Shining. So um, yeah. There's a lot of more uh, fan f- fan service than I thought there would be, but the fan service that you get really works. Um, and Rebecca Ferguson is everything. Wait, till you, when you see a G and and Rye, my gosh, she's so good as a villain. And they take a lot of they give you a lot of time to develop the villains. So, okay, cool. So you you feel I don't feel for them, but like you understand their motives and why they because. The premise of the Doctor Sleep is that they kill people that have The Shining. Okay. So the movie, I'll give you like, this is like very, very minor spoiler. The movie begins paralleling the events of The Shining in 1980, and you have them killing someone at the same time that the events of The Shining are going on. So you kind of know that they've been around for a long time, and that's how they stay alive, by killing Killing those with the shining and like uh, taking their, uh, uh, you'll see. I'm not gonna get into too much more. Spoilers. Okay, but there's a Got lot you. of there's a few cameos that are pretty fucking awesome. And when they go back to the Overlook, awesome, awesome, awesome. So the I would say the Overlook is in about 45 to 50 minutes of the movie. Okay, so you still get enough, but you're not getting the entire movie's not about that. It's more about like how Danny Torrance deals with alcoholism. Like, does he deal with it different than his father did? So on and so forth. So it's pretty, it's it's deeper than just a horror movie. So I think it's really good. And I'm not a really big fan of The Haunting on Hill House. Like, it's really well made. But um, Mike Flanagan's great, directs the shit out of the movie. And uh, the score, it, yeah. I Fans of The Shining, I think you'll like the score as well. So, and then I saw Terminator 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And, uh, you watched all of them? I went through <laughs> all of them. Because um, I know you said you weren't me because you only need to watch the first two. So Terminate, obviously I'm not going to get into one and two because we can rank them later. Uh, so th- three is not as bad as I remember. It's just there. I like. The, I remember liking the ending. Yeah, it's it's fine. Salvation is unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> I barely got through it. And Genesis makes no... It's more watchable than Salvation for me, but it doesn't make any sense. Like I, I don't under, I really don't understand it. Like what they're trying to do, and then Dark Fate we'll get into in a few minutes. But yeah, that's all I've watched this week. Uh, go ahead, G. Uh, I watched well because like Halloween this week, so I watched uh, I watched Psycho, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, one, three, four, and do Nightmare. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I, I wanted to watch four because I. Uh, I wasn't going to at first, but then I kind of wanted to like look at it after the third one. It's weird watching it. Like you need Patricia Arquette yeah. in that, like in the early scenes of part four. And it's so, it's so weird to like have this like new girl playing, uh, Kristen. Cause you're supposed to kind of feel connected to her, Kincaid and Joey in the beginning. She's not, man, she does a lot of cons that I go to and I feel bad because like when we, they do Q and A's, no one ever asks her questions. Um, she's not very good in this. <laughs> 
No, she's not. She's awful. Yeah, she's not good in it at all. But uh, Alice but she, is awesome. It, it, it was a lot more fun than I remember. I remember it being like a fun movie, but I actually I think I like it a little bit more than I originally remembered. So I hadn't watched it in a while. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, I watched Halloween. I watched Halloween, Halloween Two, and then the the new Halloween. How does that work? Uh, How did doing those one two? Uh, I was. Weird. I mean, like, uh, it kind of. Uh, because, you know, that behind-the-scenes, like, thing that Jamie Lee Curtis released this week for Halloween Kills... Yeah. Seems like they're going back to, like, the whole, like... At least for some of it, some of the hospital setting and stuff. I kind of... Part of me wishes that they didn't, like, completely ignore Halloween 2. And I get why they did. Because there's, like, a lot of issues there with the whole, like, brother-sister thing. But yeah. Halloween 2 does work. If you watch them back-to-back, like, the first and second one, they do... It does flow as... I mean, you yeah, can that's, definitely tell, like, that's the fault in part 2... That's why I, I think I'm solid. That's why I think I've meant I mentioned so much. Like I love two more than the new one because it, it really feels like one giant movie. And yeah, two has plenty of flaws. No, like I I can have no problem admitting that. But I really enjoy watching two after one. And I I've, yeah, and I'm glad that like you know John Carpenter and Deborah Hill in the past have talked about like when they realized things didn't work, how they were just writing Halloween two, and they were like, oh shit, like. Our heroine is like asleep for most of the movie. Like she's like not even like around. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like that's when they realized they had issues. But you can just tell, like, you know, they kind of considering like he didn't really want to write it, didn't want to do it. What they came up with is not you would expect like a dumpster fire. Yeah, and it's not, and it still has classic uh, moments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you even uh, I think you story one of those scenes too. That the the nurse that gets the scalpel in the back. Yeah, that's a, that's a, the best that's kill so of the movie. Good. <laughs> Best kill of the movie. Okay. I thought he was watching it with me. He had never seen it before, and he was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and it has my favorite. Halloween 2 has my favorite side character that's just there for fodder, Bud. Bud oh, is Bud. The, yeah, Bud's the fucking man. I put that on my silver, too, because that was amazing. It Great. looks like he gets killed off, I mean, gets killed off screen kind of <laughs> in the background. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I think Dick Warlock said in an interview on the Halloween docu- box documentary that um, that scene where he kills the nurse after he kills Bud she wasn't supposed. Put, she wasn't supposed to put her finger, uh, his finger in her, his mouth. Finger in her mouth. So it was disgusting from like him working for the last couple of hours. So he felt bad that she put his fingers all dirty and shit in his mouth after. Yeah, and like I, he's talked about it before too, because you know, uh, well, he has to dunk her in. Like he, like he says he's a stunt man. He was like kind of like basically training her like how to like if you're feeling uncomfortable like how to react because like he would talk about how he would like place his hands at certain points of her neck so like you move this way if you like aren't feeling comfortable so i know to like lift you back up and like you're so like they always said that she felt like 100 percent safe doing that with him that's because he knew exactly what he was doing but yeah like it, it, it he was just it was just crazy because that scene looks pretty like just intense and like i'm I can't swim, so the idea of being submerged underwater is not, <laughs> not appealing at all. No, don't worry. I can't swim either, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I watched, I watched something else. Uh, oh, I watched uh, Peter Butter Falcon, actually. How fucking amazing is the Peter Butter it, It's really good. I'm, like, really surprised that um, – I actually watched it yesterday. I, I'm surprised that, like – I mean, I guess maybe it's too small of a movie to not get any buzz, but it seemed like it should. Like Everyone was – I thought Shia LaBeouf was really good in it. Yeah. And, like, I actually, like, I mean, I probably felt more watching that than most movies I watched this year. So, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was really good. It's so, and, like. I, 
poignant, I thought. I think Jenny thought, because I, I wanted Jen to watch it with me, but she thought it was going to be one of those sad movies. But it really isn't. It's so, and and everyone in it is good. Like, I love, love that Dakota Johnson immediately got away from that Fifty Shades of Grey stigma because she is so talented. I love everything yeah, she does. She is really talented. I mean, I remember when, like, the movie's not great, but I remember, like, uh, was it Bad Times at the El Royale? Yeah, like she's good in it. Like, she was good in that, too. And I was like, God, like, I mean, you know, she's like, you know, it's kind of like similar with Robert Pattinson and Twilight. I mean, you do these movies because, you know, they, they make you money and they're successful no matter how much people want to trash them. Um, I think you do what you got to do sometimes when you're kind of like trying to like put your name out there more. Yeah. I'm with and you. like, you know, with that, with that comes the stigma of like, oh, can you really act? But then like you do stuff like she does or like he did. So I kind of like do smaller movies. You're like, hey, like I can actually do good work. Agree. Uh, like, or ignore that big budget disaster I was in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you saw it. I think everyone should get, should see Peanut Butter Falcon next. Soon um, yeah, it makes possible. me excited for his other movie that's coming out. Um, oh, like, Honey I, Boy. For, yeah, like I, Shia LaBeouf's kind of like really turned it around. I think he did the. He made. He kind of went the art patch route instead of just going yeah. back to mainstream so, to indie. Do you remember when he got like when he got arrested? Uh, and they had him on tape. Like, but he was saying like a lot of foul stuff because he was like drunk or whatever yeah that happened while he was filming this oh really yeah and like when he got back on set i guess like um he learned a lot from like his like co-star and stuff like like he just immediately felt bad about what happened and like they all had like a big talk with him and i guess like from there is when he kind of started to change like aspects of his life yeah i'm i mean he kills it i think he's very good in this and i mean and rye i don't know if you know what it's about it's about um a special needs uh, boy that wants to be a professional wrestler. Oh, that's awesome! No, yeah, it's it. really and, and like he, Jake the Snake Roberts is in it. Like, there's some wrestlers that are in it. It's really, really good. And there's there there are scenes in in the wrestling ring, which is pretty fun. Like as a, <laughs> as a wrestling fan, I thought that was super super fun. Uh, but awesome. anything else on your NG? No, that was it. All right, go ahead, Ry. Um, I have been watching Big Mouth lately. It's ridiculous, but I love it for some reason. I can't like it's it's a car wreck. You shouldn't not watch it, but you can't <laughs> help but to watch it. <laughs> um, I watched uh, for Halloween. I watched Four Twenty Massacre. What is that? It's um, uh, it's not. It's, like, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much these uh, girls go into the woods and start getting killed off. And it happens on 420, hence 420 Massacre. It's actually you an interesting. Like <laughs> I didn't say I liked it. It was <laughs> I, I didn't hate it either. <laughs> I mean, you said um, it. <laughs> I also watched some shit. Hold on, I locked my screen. Um, I spit on your grave. I love that movie. That was such a good the movie. Original's I, good. I like the original I, a lot. I think it was the remake, and I still I haven't seen it. I believe, yeah, I believe it was the remake. But the remake was even was still the good. remake falls it pretty pretty closely. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I've been watching the DCEU stuff. Um, I also watched uh, Umbrella Academy. Great show. Yeah, I saw that I, you're hooked on it. Yeah, I really am. Like, I can't wait for the new season to start. Um, best way to describe it is X Men from the kids' perspective, almost. Gotcha. <laughs> um. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Brawly. I've been trying to get back into anime. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, I can't 
I have to watch. I've realized I have to watch it dubbed because I tried watching Dragon Ball, but it was with subtitles, and I can't do subtitles because I like to just watch the entire screen. Yeah. Um, and Jojo Rabbit. Go ahead. Uh, oh, I fucking loved it <laughs> from beginning to end. I didn't. I didn't. I expected to like it. I love it. Like I got out. I watched it by myself. Um, and I texted Casey right away, like, we need to go see this movie. I think this will be up your alley, even up your family's alley. Because it's such a good, wholesome story. It's such a well-done story. Um, the humor in it, the characters are just phenomenal. I, like, I can't recommend Who did you say, the little, the little fat Nazi boy? Who did he remind <laughs> he you of? He reminded me of, what's his name, <clears throat> Ted from um, Spider-Man, Far From Home, and, uh, like, the best friend. He reminded me so much of him. Like, oh, well, that's just the Nazi version of him, huh? <laughs> 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 Excuse me. And I saw Terminator, which we'll talk to in a little bit. All right, perfect. Talk about in a little bit. So, yeah, so uh, I guess we can get into it. Uh, Ryan and I saw IG. You haven't seen it. You're watching it today. So I know you know everything for the most part, but yeah. I guess uh, general thoughts, and then we'll get into a little spoiler, not to ruin everything for, for G. So I liked it a lot. I didn't love it, but I liked it quite a bit. Um, but I think I liked it more because when you have a pile of shit over the last 28 years <laughs> – it's kind of hard to um you just got to be slightly better than that pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're ri- and when you're a lot better than that pile of shit, you're, you're you think, you know, oh my god, this is great. So there Linda Hamilton like she's fantastic. I'll say this right off the bat. We need Ripley back ASAP. Like I need I need yeah. this. I need Sigourney Weaver to say I want to play Ripley one more time. <laughs> like I just in a good movie. Like I, we need that, and the fact that Disney owns both of them, let's make it happen. <laughs> there you go, Terminator and Alien. Let's let's do this. Um, but no, Linda Hamilton was great. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're gonna get into it. Uh, not in too much detail, not to spoil it for G, but they take certain direction with his character that, while was interesting to say the least, he was actually really funny. I don't know if you agree, right? Yeah, I think he was really funny. Um, What I didn't like is the fact that it's it's literally the same plot as every Terminator movie. Yeah, one Terminator comes to kill you, the other Terminator comes to see to protect you. I wish they would have tried to do something a little different. Um, in terms of, I guess, what could they do though? Yeah, I mean, I I I say that, and they did. They tried to do that with um. Salvation and that fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, Mackenzie Davis as Grace. She's the other Terminator. She is fantastic. I heard she's badass. Yeah, she is fucking badass. And uh, I, I'm going. I don't think I'm going to butcher her name. Natalia Reyes. She plays Danny. She plays the other female lead. She's really great. I'm. I'm. I loved her. Yeah, I'm curious to see what else she does. Um, gee, you have subtitles, but a lot of the movies in Spanish. Oh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> It's, the beginning. Oh, it's, it's just it's like the first what do you say Ryla? first 25 minutes if that i would say 15 yeah yeah so um get ready to read subtitles <laughs> um I'm trying was, to... uh, uh was it gabriel luna is that the guy who plays rev 9 remember the new yeah rev 9 he's fine he's a terminator he doesn't really do anything yeah he's <laughs> like he's the only terminator that actually does nothing that i like is probably arnold and T one thousand. That's about it. Every other Terminator in the other 
the rest of the franchise. I'm just like, whatever. Um, but yeah, like I personally enjoyed it. I, I'm trying to announce. All right, we got we got to get into spoilers. Right, give me your journal thoughts, and then we'll get into spoilers. I mean, I yeah, I pretty much agree with you. I like how I enjoy the fact that there was plenty of fan service, but it was its own story while being the same story. You know what I mean? Like I I didn't do a rewatch, so I, I was a little wary, but I was still able to enjoy it just as much as if I did. Yeah. Um, all the acting was phenomenal. Uh, the story of in itself, I enjoyed. I mean, that's the best I can go without, yeah, without spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> All right, so we'll get into a little spoilers uh, to not ruin the entire movie for G. So the first thing I want to talk Everyone about... Everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, the one thing that G does know that gets spoiled. It's the first five minutes of the movie. Well, uh, you know how that shit got spoiled and I didn't expect it to? I was reading a review and there was like no spoiler warning. They just put it in their opening paragraph. <laughs> I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> like, no warning at all. I was like, all right, well, I read that. Yeah, so in the first five minutes... See, I, I remember you told me when you were covering Con for us, and then you and then I saw something about it, too, that Edward Furlong was going to be in Terminator. All right? So I'm like, oh, shit. You know, good for him. Like, he's getting a role, blah, 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 blah. So he's in the movie, all right? But his 1998 version of John Connor's in the movie. They de age him, right? So it's not him; it's they, just a kid. So, so I was wondering. So, like, they all the reviews said that they used de aging on them, like in that scene. So, like, on her, was it actually like him? Well, on her because she she still has the same body type. Like, she can still. Right. They can yeah. de-age her. He's a heavy set guy now. They can de-age him. I think it's just a teenager that they got, and they, well, they killed him. <laughs> they did that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you don't know how you feel about that because it's, it's, it's. They could have had this movie without that happening. I think. No, because it. Oh well, uh, yeah. The thing with Legion, yeah. Okay, I guess you. I guess I see where you're gonna. I just. I don't know. There, the also, you know, you wouldn't have uh, what's her name and uh, Schwarzenegger's relationship would be yeah, a lot that's less true. strained. That's true. Because what they do is, which is, I, I kind of, kind of do like how they, um, they explain why Arnold is in this movie. Um, so essentially, it, it's Arnold. They sent multiple Terminators. At the same time in 1991, scattered all over looking for John Connor. So it wasn't just one person, one Terminator. And one of them happened to find them, and then they killed uh, John Connor. So that's how they explain that. So and why she has such a curious relationship with, with him in the movie. Arnold, yeah. In this new one. Yeah. So because at the end of Terminator 2, they're kind of like buddies. As, yeah. So. yeah, it just took him saving her life over and over again, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I think that's as much spoiler as I really want to say. I don't really want to. Well, can we talk about how it's not doing well? Um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised because the thing is, how many people like I don't like the. I mean, I get where you're coming from. Oh, like you've read about like little sci-fi marks not wanting to see a movies led by women. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think it just has to do with the. I think it's just a dead franchise. I think so too, and I think like because like 
so remember when like I put on the site the initial word was that it's the best sequel or best sequel since Terminator Two, yeah. and a lot of those people that were saying that, although even though they're like some of them were like critics, a lot of them were like people our age who like grew up with it and like love those movies. So like you were hearing reactions from people who are fans of that franchise, and I think for fran- fans of the franchise who are seeing it, it seems like they like it, but I don't think it has enough reach anymore to reach beyond that no they don't and i think ryan or no ryan if you would agree i think it does a good job of ending the franchise and if it did make a lot of money continuing the franchise exactly. so we, if we don't get another one i'm fine i'm perfectly fine yeah and it's weird though because like we weren't hearing about all this stuff initially but like all of a sudden this week it's like there was like james cameron like clashed with the director in the editing room about how to edit the movie a lot apparently like they went at it a lot and, like, leading up to the movie coming out, there was, like, nothing but, like, kumbaya between everyone. Like, oh, it was so great working with each other. Like, but then all of a sudden it was just like, yeah, we were at odds about how what cuts to make and all this other stuff. Even though James Cameron is the producer and came up with, like, the overall story, apparently he never set foot on set, never met any of the new cast members at all. Oh, uh, hello. He's in Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and Deadline made a good point how they were saying, like, even though the big selling point was like, oh, he's back with the franchise, he's a producer, like, that name doesn't carry as much weight anymore unless he's writing and directing it and, and is fully involved in it. Yep, I so, agree. So, like, as much as you want to, like, kind of, like, tote the fact that he's back with the franchise, he's not fully back. He's a producer, he put money into it, and he came up with the overall story, but he didn't do anything else. Yep, I'm, I would agree and, with and, you. Like, and, like, uh, you know, like I said, like, jokingly in our chat, like, I do feel, I feel most bad for Linda Hamilton because it's, like, a good, like, kind of, like, even the reviews that didn't really like the movie liked her. Yeah, she's great. She's really she great. Really good in it. And it seemed like a good, like, com- like, it reminded me so much of what they did with Halloween last year. We had this, like, you know, an actress who was, like, of a particular age who can kind of, like, last year prove that, like, you know, she could be part of a movie that does really well. And, like, I thought that would be the same thing for Linda Hamilton this year. Um, I didn't really take into account that like maybe the maybe it was too soon after Genesis. I know Genesis came out in what twenty fourteen. No, twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. So that still leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. As much as you want to say like, hey, we're disregarding all those bad sequels. Some people might not even know that. Like, you know, they still have that bad taste in their mouth from the last one that came out. Yeah, which will probably end up leaving them wondering what the fuck is going on in the actual franchise. If you think it's if it's a young person. And they're like, right. oh, this just continues it. And, and when you watch I, it, it does What I don't understand, as a studio, why you would pour a reported, like, $185 to $196 million into a movie that, like, is from a franchise that hasn't had, like, a huge hit in a long time. Yeah. I, That's, like, a lot of money to, like, even if you think it's going to be, like, it's going it, to, if you think it's, like, a resurgence of the franchise, you got all the key ingredients back, and you feel like... You feel confident, but still, like, it's a lot of money to throw into something that is coming off of two really bad movies and then one kind of okay sequel. And then, like, the last good one was in 1991. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, so, like, it's, I mean, I think for most people, it's just a franchise they don't really remember if you're young. Yeah, and, no, like, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it probably is. If, yeah, I'm, what I'm hearing from the reviews that are good is total fan service movie and it's. It's probably as good for people who like it. Got a B plus cinema score, so it's not like doing horribly with people who have seen it. I just don't know if it has enough reach to go beyond. And that. I think for, it, 
It may have actually no. I'm look. I just pulled up what's coming out. I wonder if it has a chance to make some money back. But I Doctor Sleep comes out next week, so I think that's. I think it's it, and it's not even doing it? as well as they thought it would internationally. Like you know, Genesis did well overseas. Like it made four hundred million dollars worldwide, and only eighty nine million of that came from here. So like I don't know what happened in between that movie and this one, but like even overseas is not pulling in the numbers that they thought it would. I think we're just done with it. I mean, we, yeah, uh, no, we somebody up here mouth's gonna fire though. That's a lot of money to pour in the. Yeah. <laughs> we have we, at least we have one and two, which is always. And if this yeah, is, I mean, go ahead, Rye. Sorry. And see, that's what kind of feared me about, like you said, it kind of, how it leaves room for, you know, if they want to keep going. I wish they just put a nice little bow at the end. I think that's for me what I didn't like is how they left room. Mm-hmm. Like, no, just let us have this, end it here. You had Arnold back, you had the main keys back you could have done everything tied it up nice no let it start all over again fuck you yeah <laughs> I, I see what you guys see. i mean at least they closed up that chapter in a way yes so if, true so i'm happy that that's over with but uh yeah i think this movie's that pretty much wraps up the franchise and if it like what was the main girl's name again Danny. I can't remember. Like, I don't need to see the Danny Chronicles on ABC anytime soon. <laughs> oh, you weren't? You didn't like the so Sarah Connor kinda, Chronicles? Kinda like, I did enjoy the... No, I did enjoy like the Sarah, first season. The like Sarah, Sarah Connor Chronicles? Chronicles? And what? by the way, the whoever played the Terminator there, I forget her name. She was fucking gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so G. On that TV show? Yeah. <laughs> G is not like the show, but... But uh, <laughs> if they do do it, I wouldn't mind that being a show. Okay. Like, I don't know what streaming service would get it, but like a streaming service show if they do decide to go on a smaller scale. So, but yeah, that that franchise reminds me a lot of like Alien where like it's just like beating the dead horse a little bit. Like, I mean, I'm fine with the last couple we've got. I hate Alien Covenant or whatever, and I like Prometheus. I'm like one of the few people I think that liked it. But like, it's a franchise that like, I think like some of us enjoy, even though there's you know some bad entries in it. But like I don't know how they expect to reach new people with it because like, there's nothing like entirely too appealing to like get new people in. Unless we get Ripley back. Unless you get Ripley back, but I mean you got, <laughs> you got, you got Lamb the Hamilton back for this. And, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, Terminator. Yeah, I mean, Dark I think Fate. that only matters to old fogies like us. Like, yeah, Linda Hamilton. <laughs> 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 Anything since like Dante's Peak, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Terminator, Dark Fate in theaters now. I'm the only one that probably saw it. Um, so yeah, that pretty much wraps up the news notes and what we watched this week. We can get into what we are here for today. Uh, about two years ago, we did our top ten favorite TV shows of all time. Since then, we've had a turnaround on who's on the podcast outside of g and i and and i don't even think jen was on that one but um that idea went to shit because we only have ryan here today (laughs) 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 but i still i still didn't want to go along and look at look back at what we did two years ago and what we did today and see if anything had changed and on top of our 10 this time around i want to put in our favorite episodes to make it a little different. So, Rai, you're the newbie with this list, so I'll let you kick it off because you said you had 45 honorable mentions. Yeah, I have a lot of honorable mentions. You have 45 <laughs> TV shows that are, like, good? Um, <laughs> I was well off seven through uh, my, my honorable mentions. Stranger Things, Happy Days, Xena, Hercules, Young Justice, Fresh Prince, and WWE Raw. 
No, 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 Ryan. You cannot count. That is, is episodic. It counts. Oh my! It is, it is scripted and fake. Right? I get. <laughs> I guess. I guess it'll be an honorable mention for Gee, me. You could just stop that. You could stop that scripted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Ryan. Keep going. All right. And then your reaction is why it's outside the top ten. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm surprised no. the Fresh Prince is outside your top ten. It's it's um, spoiler. It's outside my top ten as well now. The absolute curve. <laughs> All right, go ahead, right? Num- number ten, that '70s show. Um, and my favorite episode is the garage sale. That's where the parents get uh, eat the brownies and they sell the Vista, and it's just a fun episode. And the side story is the one where. Uh, Fez kisses Jackie. It was fun watching that episode, knowing where it all ends. Fun fact: I have never seen one episode of that '70s show. I think you would like it. I like. I, I mean, I know comedy is really subjective to you, but like, it's it's funny. Like the yeah. cast is really good. Like they're all really good together, and the writing's like pretty decent too. Like I thought I wouldn't like it when because I, I didn't actually watch it when it first started. Uh, I watched it later in like reruns, and it's it's good. It's funny. All right, go ahead, Ry. Uh, number nine is Rick and Morty. Uh, have you seen it yet? You said you uh, haven't watched an episode. No, Rick and Morty, I saw one. Oh, you can't be. Which one? <laughs> the, the pilot. <laughs> the pilot. No, you got to watch more than just the one episode, brother. No, nah, go ahead. Um, my favorite episode from that was Marty's Mind Blowers. That's an episode. It's like a fine episode where they just go through his memories and show ones that he had extracted, like missions and stuff. So it was a fun little side episode. Um, number eight, I have The Flash. Nice. And this was hard because for me, it's the entire story. So like picking out one episode in particular was hard. But I went with Welcome to Earth 2 because the fact that they went to another Earth was just mind-boggling at the time. And it just kept the momentum going for me. Okay. Number Eight, I have uh, Breaking Bad. I mean, number seven, I'm sorry. I have Breaking Bad. Oh, Ryan, why is that so low? <laughs> Ryan! I'll let you guys fight this out. You see, the reason <laughs> it's so low is because I and I thought about it, and one of the things for my list was how long certain things have been in my life, and gotcha. Breaking Bad I was a flash in the pan for me because I binge-watched it afterward and everything. Um, but well, I had to put it higher than the other ones just because of how freaking good it is. Well, for me, yeah, like I, Breaking Bad's obviously in my top five, but it's um, if we're looking at just favorites, I will go to three other shows before I go to Breaking Bad. So yeah, yeah. that's a spoiler on where it is. But go ahead. And my episode was ABC, the plane crash episode. Oh yes, that's a good one. That is a good one. And number six is Angel. Uh, my favorite episode is Awakening. That's the episode where we see Angelus for the first time in modern day, and it was just so good. Nice. All right, G, go ahead. With that, um, so honorable mentions: I have uh, Full House, Family Matters, uh, Step by Step. I honorable mention Lost. I was gonna put it in my top ten because like the first uh, well, at least season or two were strong, but then it kind of went off the rails. So I couldn't, but I still like. Maybe they got in the hatch. Yeah, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it was hard. I almost put it in there, but I couldn't. Um, I uh, the Wonder Years. I honorable mention as well. Uh, Gilligan's Island. Don't make fun of me. No, no, not at all. I like those shows too. <laughs> uh, the original uh, Batman series from the sixties. Nice. Uh, I think that was it. So at ten. Um, I have uh, Arrow, and I've kind of like 
I think watching this last season, it kind of makes me remember like how strong the show once was when it started. And like, kind of like, I think without Arrow, you don't, you don't get the rest of the kind of like, I don't even want to count just the CW. I think like Arrow being successful show that you could like do comic book TV shows like this across like all networks. And that's why a lot of them start to pick them up. Um, It came before all the Netflix stuff. It came before all that. Like, you know, it, and like there, you know, there was some, like, I have a friend that doesn't really like Arrow because like it is that stigma of it being on the CW. But I think, like, of course it has all the CW stuff on, on it, like, that every CW show has. But, like, I think it it really does a good job of, like, being purely a comic book TV show. And it, and it has to have some of that stuff that, like, would make, you know, girls watch it. But, like, it's still a lot of fan service there that, like, you know, that can make, like, comic book fans enjoy it. What came uh, first, Arrow or S.H.I.E.L.D.? I can't remember. Uh, Arrow, and then Arrow oh. came, and then like Agents of Shield, and then like it, it really did start like this kind yeah, of it really did. So like you know, and then like from there you got like Fox did Gotham and like all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it was hard for me to pick a favorite episode. Um, uh, but I forget the name of the episode, but it's the one where uh, uh, they uh kill off a mother. I think that's in season oh, two. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like think actually, right. season two is like I still think the strongest season overall. Yeah, because uh, you had the I think the best villain that that show has had, like out of all of its like big bads that it's had in like its eight seasons. Um, mainly because there was just more at stake personally, where like this person knew all the ins and outs about Oliver mm-hmm. Queen, and was able to kind of like uh, dismantle him, not just like from like uh, you know the hero perspective, but also like from like the Personally. Him as a man, like he, like yeah. knew about his family and stuff like that. So I think that's why that that overall season for me is like the strongest. Um, nine, I have Angel, and I thought it would be higher. Um, okay. Things have kind of like changed a little bit. Um, uh, your your episode is actually uh, my personal favorite episode of that too. Awesome. It's uh to kind of even though we've had even though we've kind of like done the Angelus uh thing on like Buffy as well. But it was it, it was interesting to see it on Angel, which was like a decidedly like darker show than Buffy was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just interesting to see it on there. Um, Plus, he got faith and uh, yeah, 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 always yeah, good. Yeah. And then like, like that, that, that led to like some redemption, like overall, like with her too, and like uh, there's a lot going on there. That's is that's really good if you watch both shows too. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight. Uh, <laughs> I I have Gossip Girl number eight. Um, <laughs> you ch- I was waiting for Dave's reaction to that one. And like he 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 binged it and enjoyed it. I uh, love <laughs> Gossip Girl. I'm not gonna lie to you. I fucking love that show. Uh, uh, again, I guess like uh, I guess if I could have topped in this, I could have topped in Lost because Gossip Girl does go off the rails, but at least it's fun throughout it, the entire. And I, would you say it ends better than Lost? I would. So, I mean, I'm not a fan of the whole. They end up being Gossip Girl thing, well, but I, I think right. I think it kind of at least they didn't lie to us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> true. What um, I'm curious. I, what like you lost with lost? It was like no, they're not in purgatory. No, this is not what's going to happen. No, and I was like, oh yeah, you just all that stuff you said that wasn't going to happen happened. happened. <laughs> curious. Um, I'm very curious. What's your favorite episode on Gossip Girl? I'm curious to what you went with. Uh, uh, uh I actually like the uh. It's between the pilot or high society. High society is the one where they uh, do the. Uh, it's 
when uh, the grandmother first gets introduced. Yes, and she yes. and uh, and she uh, they basically make Serena change her like stuff for like her like how she's gonna present herself, or whatever. And after her mom told her that she didn't have to like she could just be herself and all that, and then she convinces Dan not to go with her. And then yeah, that's Dan a good one. And so and there's a lot of stuff going on too. That's when Chuck tries to get well one of the times he tries to get Blair away from a uh, Nate. And then she realizes that like he ruined her whole cotillion by like putting Carter and like Nate against each other. Yes, it's like it's a uh, it's the personification of like good teen drama. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, right? That was number seven. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, six. 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 All right. Six. All right. Cool. <laughs> so, um, honorable mention wise, I have The Fresh Prince. I have Gossip Girl. I have Full House. I have Wonder Years, and I have Batman the Animated Series. I'm surprised that's on your list. So my number 10, originally last time was my number 8. So actually, with the way the last season went, and despite me not hating it, Game of Thrones actually went down to my number 10. Ooh. Yeah, so... (laughs) Where was it before? I think I had it at 8, 7 or 8. Okay, it didn't didn't tumble too far. Yeah, (laughs) but I thought it was going to go up. I thought it was going to be like top 3, if anything. Um, but yeah, like I, despite how the show ended, I think it's one of the most groundbreaking shows of all time. And for what, for small TV in terms of like the small screen, the production value on this show is probably one of the best. And my favorite episode is the battle of the bastards. You guys haven't watched breaking Bad. I mean, breaking Bad game of Thrones. So you guys wouldn't know what episode that is, but a giant a giant battle takes place and it's a great payoff that fans of the show have been wanting for a few years so i'll leave it at that okay uh my number nine is the twilight zone uh i absolutely adore the twilight zone for its anthology feel to it it's a better version of american horror story it's Hmm. it I, <laughs> so like I've always felt like the Twilight Zone does a good job of every episode having a specific strong meaning to the show and American Horror Story is an anthology but it doesn't really do that it's just like you know it's just a horror show and sometimes a very bad horror show um, my favorite episode of the Twilight Zone it's time enough at last so this actually has some Batman roots uh, the Penguin Burgess Meredith p- plays he's a uh, he's a banker and while he is counting money, a nuclear bomb goes off and everyone dies. He's a he's a reader, like he loves reading, and everyone makes fun of him for reading. And he has glasses, and so at the end of the episode, he finds a library with all these books, and he's like, "I now have enough time to read all these books." But at the payoff at the end of the episode is that his glasses break, so and he can't see anything without it. <laughs> And the episode ends there. Remember that one. It's so fucking good. Um, yeah, so that's my number nine. My number eight is where it's on the same level as where Game of Thrones was back when we did this two years ago because it's not over yet. And I'm curious to see how it ends. But it's become one of my favorite shows. And that's Stranger Things. I think Stranger Things handles nostalgia while creating brand new content very very well uh i've loved every season so far this season actually feels to me like the strongest but i think 
the, my favorite episode actually will put it as the season finale of this last season, along with the f- pilot, the vanishing of Will Buyer, which kind of put everything on track as to what we're getting into. Um, okay. My number seven is Boy Meets World. Yeah. And my favorite episode on there is the series finale. I think it's one of the best series finales. And I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, you could go with anything. There's so many good episodes, like when Corey goes to Disney or a lot of the first season stuff work with Corey. Cause I think, I don't know if you guys would agree. I think the chemistry with Mr. Feeney and Corey was always there, but I think it yeah. was at its strongest when he, at, in the first season. I've always felt it was when they were going bickering with each other. I think it was always the strongest there. Um, and yeah. And then my number six is also a new addition is a show that I had never seen prior to me dating Jen prior to me doing this list a few years ago. And that's the golden girls. So <laughs> I feel so upset that I waited 20 plus 20 something plus years to watch the golden girls. It is one of the funniest shows I have ever seen in my life. And those women give me life. They are hysterical. <laughs> and my favorite episode is more of a uh, less popular or well-known episode. It's called The Piece of Cake. So this episode is Dorothy's birthday. And Rose sets up a birthday party for her. But the birthday party is at a kid's, uh, a kid's pizza joint. And they put her on stage with a bunch of kids when the, Mr. Haha the Clown puts her on stage. It's fucking, I cry. It is hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my uh, 10 through 6. Go ahead, Roy. 5 through 2. Uh, number 5 is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, my God. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate everything that might be above it. Okay, whatever. Keep going. What's your favorite episode on that? Well, this was really hard for me to pick the episode. Uh, I'm sure I... it was hard to put it at number five, too. <laughs> no, that was pretty easy. <laughs> um, I went with The Wish. Uh, it's the episode, oh, episode. Where, where Anya makes her debut and Cordelia wishes Buffy never shows up. So you see an alternate Sunnydale. You know, everyone's turned into vamps. So you see a dark Willow. You see a dark That's Xander. Sunny. It was just awesome. I like, um, I like- that well, I like any Cordelia episode, but I like how it it seems like that episode is going to focus on her, yeah. And then what happens to her midway through that episode? It's not Cordelia is not really the focus <laughs> of it anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was interesting to see like that kind of alternate and how like cold Buffy is in that that universe. Yeah. Basically, uh, it's it's a really good episode, and we got Anya out of it too. Exactly. Um, number four, I have Batman the Anime Series. Um, love, love, love the series. I talked about it so much. And my episode was Old Wounds. It's the episode where you see uh, Robin stop being uh, Dick Grayson stop being Robin and become Nightwing. Um, yes. I think that was my first uh, viewing and my first like knowledge of how that happens. Of course, there's all different versions out there, but for me, that was my first time, so I really enjoyed it. Number three, I have Boy Meets World. Um, we talked, we did a whole episode on how much we all love that show. Yep. But uh, my and my episode is, and then there was Sean. Just so much fun. It really is a nice, fun Halloween episode. Uh, Sean ended up being the killer. Spoiler. And and, and my boo thing from the nineties. You got to give her a <laughs> shout out. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> what, what was her name in this? In the episode, like Jennifer Love Pfeffer or something. Pfeffer, like Pfeffer, 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 Pfe
And number two is probably going to be shocker. That's not my number one, but is Supernatural. What? Um, <laughs> why is that ahead of Buffy? Oh, I know where your number one is, right? You're such a smart man. You're such a smart man, right? I know where your number I, one is. From what I heard is that that show was good for like the first few seasons, and it's just been like on life support. <laughs> All right. The last first 10. five seasons were phenomenal. Uh, season six was great. Then it, it was a couple hard seasons in between, but the last couple of seasons have also, it feels like it kind of just did a wave. It went, it was going up, it went down a little, but then it went right back up for me. And for that one, I actually did a se- I mentioned season six. It actually has one of my favorite episodes and my favorite episode I can think of, uh, French mistake. That's where they're teleported into the real world. Me and Casey watched it recently and it's just hysterical and just how well they do everything from the real world with it. You know, just fun. And I, anytime you do multiverse, you kind of have a rhyme. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, go ahead, G. Uh, <laughs> at, uh, Five, I have uh, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Um, uh, Heart of Ice is actually my favorite episode. Um, cool I one. wish that we could get, like, a, like that you could take the Mr. Freeze character seriously in a film like that, because I think it'd be really good. Been um, <laughs> <laughs> not not the Arnold Schwarzenegger version that we were blessed with. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> but, I mean, I, mean, I think kind of, like, even that early, when did that show come out? 92? Yes. Yeah, about that. Uh, it really sets the tone for what you can do with like an animated series, just in general, and how it could be aimed at kids, but also be like dark enough for like adults to enjoy it. And like the fact that it's still held in a high regard, I think says a lot. Um, my number four is uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I still watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I still record it. I, th- I think I've seen every episode. Definitely more than five times. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite one is actually not a funny one. It's when uh, Will's I know where dad. You're going. Yeah, man, that's yeah. a tough one. And like, it's a it's a showcase of like how good of an actor Will Smith was even then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like it's weird because like I I don't know if when it aired if it got that much attention, but like I feel like people bring it up now more. Like looking at his whole body of work, and it's a really strong episode. You're like, why can't you so- act like this anymore? Yeah, yeah. And, like, and it just shows how like I love how like Uncle Phil kind of like steps up for him, and then like when he breaks down in the end, he's just there to just like give him a hug and like hold him and embrace him. Like it's such a strong moment. It's weird because like I'm picking a comedy and choosing a very dramatic episode. As no, that's a, that's a really good episode. Yeah, it's really good. Um, uh, <laughs> three. Uh, I'm not even. I'm just gonna blow through it. I'm just gonna say it's revenge. You guys have never watched. Oh it. my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> You never watched it. I don't care. You have never even seen it. Todd number three. You have no idea what Emily Thorne went through trying to pretend to be Emily Thorne when she's really Amanda Clark. Haven't seen <laughs> Haven't seen Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones, and you have the nerve <laughs> to put fucking revenge on there. You haven't seen it. You might like it. No. Where is oh. Jen? I need Jen. Jen, uh, Jen, Jen, is, Jen is cleaning. She has she has nothing to say on revenge right now. But yeah, go ahead, go ahead, G. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll make up. I'll make up for it with number two, possibly. Hopefully, got yeah. Got your little Sopranos in there. Got my little <laughs> Sopranos there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I, I we've talked. We had a whole episode dedicated yeah. to it. It's a great show. Uh, pretty much sets the tone for what you can do on like cable TV in general. You think um, that- favorite episode was hard? Like I went between. Pine Barrens or White Caps. I like any episode that showcases like the kind of 
combustible chemistry between like James Gandolfini and Edie Falco. Edie Falco, yeah. And like you have like two people at the top of their game. I don't know how like when you call cut after some of the scenes that they would have together, how they you could, be like, come down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like I mean, I think still like any example on on TV. Uh, not man, not even just TV. I think if you just want to showcase like two really good performers on, in any medium, whether it's film or TV, like several of those episodes, several of those moments with them, like really showcase how good people can be when the writing's good and when like the chemistry's there and they're like all in and committed to their roles. Like, Word. There's a lot of that on Sopranos. Like you kind of, you almost feel like you're not watching two people act anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. Going to my number five. My number five is Entourage. Um, and I think The Sopranos, which I'll talk about a little later, for that. Because I found The Sopranos because it used to Entourage. I mean, I found Entourage because it used to take place after The Sopranos. So, yeah. So, I love Entourage. I think it's one of those shows. I don't know if you guys would agree that it completely, it didn't completely, but it fell off a lot towards the end of the run. Um, it wasn't as funny. But those first, I would say, even four or five seasons, it's yeah. some really great stuff. And I just love how the first, would say, three seasons really concentrate on their relationship as friends. And um, Art Gold is a godsend as a TV character. He's fantastic. Um, and I think we all can agree that Vinny Chase fucking sucks. So, like, that, so that's always been my issues. Like, I like Entourage. And, like, I... And I think it's full of like supporting characters that are great. Yep. I've always had an issue when I'm watching a show where I can't quite connect or like the main person. Yeah. And like he's just it's not like he's not unlikable. He's just boring. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like it, to have he, the whole show centered around him. He makes like, very questionable decisions throughout the entire series that you're just like, huh? Yeah. Like even for season makes two. I wonder if like Adrian Grenier is just boring. <laughs> <laughs> is it him? Or is it like how they wrote him <laughs> and i will give entourage credit i remember watching this in 2005 or 2006 when i for when i first got into it um and it, they, that's when Vinny was aquaman right and in my head yeah. i'm like aquaman I, it, let me tell you one thing if aquaman ever gets released it'll never make this much money boy was i wrong <laughs> yeah boy was you know, I've, I actually, wrong. I've actually trashed like sex in the city to girls who like sex in the city and they're first rebuttal is always like well entourage is basically like a male sex in the city so what's the difference like they're like the same thing except you just swap out female like male leads with female leads and stuff like that um i don't get that (laughs) i don't get that either that's i think entourage is much a well-written show and but maybe i i can't connect sex in the city because you know but i also i don't know if you agree i think i've never i can't say i've only seen sex in the city episodes because of jen but i think entourage yeah it's a guy show don't get me wrong but i think it opens itself opens itself up that females can watch it too without a problem i can't see my i don't enjoy it sex in the city i don't think it's i don't think it's well, i don't like, think it's good to be honest so female i think like yeah. it's so like it kind of alienates the male viewer i think yeah i, 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 would I don't think you. there is anything on it that would make guys want to watch it yeah i agree with you uh, and like and i think entourage i it kind of it, it opens itself up to both and also like i mean i know you don't live here I, I think entourage is really really good too for if you live in la if you know about a lot of the places they're going to and a lot of the things that they kind of see in that in the area like you it, it there's that added layer when you live here watching it 
Oh, that's how we feel. I think Ryan, that's how we feel about the Sopranos. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah. Oh, Jen, would you like to step in here for a second? We're having a no, big debate that we'd like to have your quick take on. <laughs> Do you feel that Entourage is the male version of Sex in the City? Because G and I think it's much better in showing the Sex in the City, and that Sex in the City really pushes the fe- like more for females. Uh, Entourage has. While it's a guy show, you can have females that watch it and enjoy it as well. While Sex and the City feels like it's directed at just females and that's it. What do you think? You know, coming <laughs> coming down the stairs just because I'm doing laundry and geez, oh boy. Like, this is such a loaded question. Um, hi, Jen. Hi, guys. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were gonna ask her about revenge, and I was like, yeah. "Oh God!" <laughs> I heard him screaming upstairs about that. Actually, <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" Um, no, revenge is a good show, and you love that show, so I'm not surprised if it's on your list, which I assume it is. Thank you. It is. It was. David just doesn't understand. David's never watched a single episode. of He's it. never watched it, so he just hates on it. But then he's gonna be like, "Well, you haven't watched Breaking Bad yet." So oh, yeah. <laughs> he actually did make that point. He's like, yeah. Yeah, you watch Break It Bad, but Revenge is fucking number two. <laughs> yeah, that's basically his argument. That's exactly what I said. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I watch Entourage and I enjoy it because, like, um, I don't know. It was a fun show. I watched it when it was on too. But Sex and the City, I don't. I mean, Sex and the City, I guess, would be the equivalent to what Entourage is. But I don't know that it's only for women per se um i think i think a guy could watch it but i think it wouldn't resonate in the same way also you've never seen sex in the city yes i have you've made me see a few episodes and i didn't like it Uh, yeah but what episodes did you watch Uh, you made me watch your favorite episode (laughs) Um, downloaded like the worst episodes my my favorite the post it always sticks twice yes you made me see any lady listeners i didn't like it at all well that was also in season five and that was like the burger era which he just sucked that was ron livingston um ron livingston those kind of suck on shows yeah he was yeah he was like really he was just a really shitty boyfriend to carry. She's also kind of like, you know what's funny? When you watch it, when you watch the show, I think it ages all right. Um, I think some of the things that they talk about as far as dating and relationships, it's kind of still stays true. But it is a little dated on some of like, you know, the late 90s or really early 2000s, I guess. And then just certain things are like, oh, and then or you realize like Carrie's kind of a terrible person at times. <laughs> So, uh, but no, you know what's I think always blown my mind about that show. What? Like it, it was, it, it was well received. It got really good critical reviews. It's won like a lot of awards. And I always thought it was crazy that that didn't transition over into a good movie. Oh no. Like the movie is like really bad. So the first movie isn't horrible. Like the first movie is really more fan service and we sort of get the ending of how like, OK, so I mean, obviously it's been out. So the ending, she finally ends up with Big, who you also realize is just a terrible human being. But whatever. <laughs> Carrie has a bad rep. <laughs> she's, she's, she's had she's dated a lot of doozies. And then the only one that was a really good guy for her and that she didn't want was Aiden, played by John Corbett. And she dated him, dumped him for, well, cheated on him with Big, and then, like, went back to him eventually later on down the storyline. But, like, she ends up 
dating Alexander Petrovsky. And so he um, he's played by Mikhail Baryshnikov, that Russian, like, very well-known ballet dancer. And so anyway, he was horrible. Horrible boyfriend to her, too. She ends up <laughs> in the series. She ends up with Big. And so, like, the movie pays off for the fans that wanted to see their wedding and wanted all that. But then like when you go to Sex and City 2, like we didn't need them to go to Abu Dhabi, like Dubai <laughs> or wherever they went. Like we didn't we didn't need that. Um and then all like that drama that's going on recently when they're talking about the third movie and like how you realize like Kim Cattrall really like just hates everyone else or you know there's It kind of kills the kills this, the uh, yeah. the mystique of like having them all get along. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only ones that are, like, super chill are, like, Kristen Davis and, and Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon. Well, I will never I will never forgive that first movie for making the hottest girl in the movie poop after she uh, after she drinks the water in Mexico. Well, then she didn't even drink the water. Like, she was in the shower, and then some of the water hit her mouth. Yeah, and so then gave her diarrhea. Charlotte. <laughs> but see, like, if you know the character, you know that that's, like, a Charlotte move. So it's, a Charlotte thing. Yeah, yeah. So it fit well. So I don't know. I mean, I guess it's harder for a guy to get into Sex and the City as opposed to like, I mean, it's not that I invested because I didn't really relate to anyone on Entourage. So like, it wasn't like I was just watching it. If anything, I started watching it because of Adrian Grenier. I mean, hello. Drive me crazy. <laughs> so that was like where I started with the show. And then obviously like it was funny, but as far as I'm like, dating chicks and all that like i didn't really care so much like that wasn't something i could relate to in the same yeah, way Yeah, i think too i mean i guess with both shows i mean like with entourage like i for all the most of those leads like i either like you know i know people like some of those people so like, it kind of makes it a bit more relatable to watch like i mean like i maybe it's the same thing watching sex in the city you might you might be a charlotte or a carrier you might know someone like that right um but i think that helps with entourage is that like oh like i can like oh yeah that person is definitely like someone i know and like it makes it feel more accessible and like real. Yeah, well, I've no. never really felt that when the few episodes of Sex and the City. Yeah, I've you would have to see like better. And actually, the first season of Sex and the City is a little weird because they break. Um, what is it? Breaking the third wall or fourth wall? So oh. like they sort of do like these sort of like exposition scenes where like they talk straight into the camera. It's very off-putting, and I think they got so much feedback about that that like they just didn't do it anymore in season two um and then they would do like these almost like these billy on the street interviews with different people talking about whatever the theme was in the show so if it was like uh ghosting let's say or whatever the equivalent was at that time you know they would talk about that and like they would interview different people and you'd have these random people on the on like the screen and you're like and then you never see them again so then i think they realized like okay this story is a little bit more and let's delve into like just these four women and their relationships. So it's a little, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I guess to, it's really to each their own. I mean, Sex and the City, I guess, was geared more towards women. I mean, the writing and, and everything. But I wouldn't say it's not. I wouldn't say Entourage is better written. I, I disagree with that. I think both are equally. <laughs> I think both equally had good writing. I feel like very little does HBO fail. They're not going to invest in a project if they don't have it. They have the time and they have the money and they have um, the ability to make everything well thought out. And so, you know, Thank I wouldn't you, do it. Yeah, I guess, I guess there hasn't really been like a truly awful HBO show. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if it's really bad, you would, you know, I don't know. What's a really bad HBO show? That should be a list. I, you should yeah, rank the HBO shows. One day. <laughs> 
Say bye. All right, now he's kicking me off. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye. Woman, <laughs> leave. Nothing. Um, so yeah, so that's Jen's input on Sex in the City. Uh, so I'm gonna do my four and three as a. Uh, I think these are the two best written shows and the two best shows of all time. Just wanted to preface that. But since we're doing favorites and what I would uh, watch on the regular, this falls to number four and three. So my number four is Breaking Bad. We're going to do a Breaking Bad episode one of these days, hopefully, where we can actually dissect the series. I don't think there's a better written show ever. Uh, Rye, you've seen it, so I don't know if you agree or not. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. No, I... I Off the top of my head, no, I can't think of anything. While Tony Soprano is my favorite character, TV character of all time, I think no one's better written than Walter White from where he started to where he finishes. Uh, his motives and what, why he does what he does, I think no one touches that. My favorite Breaking Bad episode is Ozymandias. It's the season five, episode 14, so it's right near the end of the run. I think a lot of events, and I'm not going to spoil it for those that haven't seen it, gee. Um <laughs> So a lot of a lot of stuff happens in this episode that is groundbreaking for the series and it may be one of the best TV episodes of the decade. It's so damn good and Brian Cranston in this episode, my god, he's so incredible. Uh so yeah, that's my number 4, my number 3 is The Sopranos. I've said this and we had like I said we had an episode on it how much we love the ep- the the show um my number my my favorite episode on that series is all the way back to season one is actually university i don't know if you guys remember that one that's when tony Mm -hmm. takes uh meadow to college on a college tour and it's the first time that she asks him are you in the mafia and you the first time that tony kills someone on screen so you have these first couple of episodes where you see tony yeah he's mobbed up but he's never gotten his hands dirty. And the fact that he's able to do the same thing, you know, he's able to get his hands dirty while being a family man on the same trip kind of shows mm-hmm. like the duality of his character. So, yeah, that's my number three. And to the shock of no one, including my lovely wife, my number two is The Office. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I watched The Office quite a fucking lot. <laughs> And I think The Office is hilarious. I think it's a show that would never, ever, ever, ever work today. And I don't know why they're bringing it back. Because in this PC world that we live in, I would say this show would have been done by season one. Right, Jen? Yes. Episode one. <laughs> Episode one. I think by the time we get past Diversity Day, the show would have been canceled. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I adore The Office. I think The Office is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen um and my I'm not going to I'm going to cheat on the these number 2 and 1 so I have two favorite episodes on here that I can think of right away uh for the office it's the Dundies and Dinner Party so the Dundies I think that's the first time the show really got its footing as to what it was going to be while the first season was very non-PC the show still remained non-PC, but it found its root in terms of we're not going to make Steve Carell a complete asshole. Michael Scott's going to be stupid, but he's not going to be a complete prick because in the first season, he does a lot of really asshole things. I think yeah. the outside of season one, I think the worst thing he did was Scott's Tots, and that's 
ridiculous what he does there uh and a dinner party because everything on that episode is hilarious and um i i never get over him and jan arguing about vasectomies and yeah so yeah that's my number my five through two all right guys let's finish this off uh rye what's your number one my number one is Sopranos. Um, love the show. Represents Jersey in the best way possible. Yes. Um, and like we just talked about, it shows Jersey. Like, you know, growing up up north, you know, and you being up north, you know, we pass by areas like, oh, that's where this happened. That's where this happened. I mean, shit, I must have passed by the Bada Bing more times than there were episodes at least. Yeah, I've, um, been, I've been to so many of those places that, like, every time I watch a show, the fact that it's not around anymore, a lot of these places aren't even around anymore. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so go ahead, Rice. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's fine. And my number one episode is uh, the Pine Barrens. Yes, just the episode that sticks out to me. I love, uh, you know, them going hunting for the guy. Just, I, I just the episode that sticks out to me. I think that's actually the episode where I became hooked. I remember sitting there watching it with uh, my with my grandmother and my uncle. And just I saw that episode. I'm like, oh, this is a fun show. This is interesting. I really like. And then learning is about mafia. Learning is about mafia in Jersey and how screen accurate it was was just phenomenal. Nice. But yeah, that's my number one. All right. I, I think the three of us are boring as shit with our number ones because we were very predictable. I know what Jesus. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering how I reacted when it was number five, <laughs> and then how it wasn't even. On or this period, <laughs> um, uh, it's Buffy, and I, I I think I've said a lot about the show in general. But um, I think Ryan knows me more than you do. But it's it's just really smart, well done, uh, funny. You now it, uh, I don't know. I haven't really have a. Sh- it's weird. Like I, that show is like it came out in ninety seven. Like I still haven't really found. Like I like I watch a lot of good shows, but nothing that really like stays with me or sticks with me the way that show has like over time even though it's been like a long time since it started and was you know been off the air um but favorite episode uh it's hard because there's a lot but i ultimately went with the series finale because it ends oh no no no. (laughs) i went with becoming part two um the season two arc is you know you you know that like angel is a vampire that's cursed with the soul that's why he's good but then he achieves one moment of happiness with Buffy the first time they have sex and he loses his soul and turns evil. So he's like the main like bad person through all through most of yeah. <laughs> it's a metaphor for like how guys turn on girls as soon as they get to sleep with them. <laughs> uh, uh, but he's evil throughout, you know, the second half of the season two, and like he opens this like portal thing like towards like on in the finale. And the only way to, like, close it is to, you know, you basically have to, like, you know, kill the person who, like, opened it. And he gets his soul back right before she has to uh, kill him. So he's, like, evil throughout the last episode. And then, like, Willow does a spell to restore his soul. And he turns good again. He doesn't remember anything that he did, like, the whole time he was bad. And there's this moment of, like, she has this realization of, like, oh, he's back. And then she sees the portal open. And then she realizes that she has to kill him uh in order you know basically save the world and uh it's i don't know i think it's like one of the stronger episodes of the show nice kind of yeah it's it's really good i you know i like i know you tried to watch it like i think when we did like the 20th anniversary for it on the site the quality is so it, bad on it, it. Of, 
What? The quality is also really bad on when it was on Netflix. Netflix, yeah, and like, and it's one of those like some people want them to like kind of do a- HD versions of the show, but I guess that's not the way it was shot, and like Joss Whedon doesn't want to do that. So like, basically I look at the it. I look at it like this. Like, I think that's a cop out because we have movies. Like, for example, I literally this morning watched The Wizard of Oz, an eighty-year-old movie in four K. So like of course it was you know and that movie wasn't filmed on HD it's just a cop out of right, right. getting back in there and fixing the, fixing the fucking and fixing the it show. <laughs> yeah so and they could make a lot of money I think that would sell well if they release re release it on it Blu-ray would if they actually like restored all the like especially the early seasons like like season one and two uh kind of looked the roughest um and then like you know of course with time things get, look better but like I I would actually like to see a restored version of the especially the first two seasons same here all right so let me finish this off my number one is i love lucy not no shock to anyone here yeah um so yeah it's gonna be supernatural (laughs) (laughs) no ryan i like good shows stop um no yeah like i i love lucy was the first tv show i ever really watched growing up and it stuck with me i still think it's the funniest show i've personally ever seen um it's comedy. Morty. Stop. Um, <laughs> I think Lucia Ball is like a queen. Her, she's the best, and her physical comedy is some of the best I've ever seen. And I don't think any like on, and you know, you guys may disagree. I don't think anyone, any female comedian on TV has ever topped her. Just my opinion. I don't think anyone's come close to. Um, I think the ensemble works so well. Everyone on the show is generally funny and has every each one of them has something that they're extremely funny about and they have an iconic moment on the show so but yeah if i had to pick this was really tough um if i had to pick episodes favorite episode i actually went with two i have la at last and that's when merchants of ricardo's finally get out to california and they go to the brown derby and lucy throws a pie in wilden holden's face uh fun fact Jen and I, when we go to Hollywood Studios in Disney World, that's the last standing Brown Derby, and Jen and I always have lunch there because of that episode. And then the other one is Lucy goes to the hospital, and that's where Lucy gives birth to little Ricky. Fun fact, I think it's the highest rated television show of all time. Like ever? Ever. Damn. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I will it look... Kinda, like, it defined like, what the like modern sitcom is, right? Like, it kind of sets the tone for what like sitcoms would I think so. I think become. I think the honeymooner started that and then I would say Lucy perfected it. Because I think the honeymooners only lasted like twenty five episodes, which is crazy. And Lucy went uh, That's crazy that like cause that's such a well known show too. That's crazy that you know what? Gilligan's Island was only on for three seasons. I was like surprised to hear that. Like it seems like something that ran like a lot longer. <laughs> oh really? I didn't know it was that that short either. Short. Like I was like, whoa, damn or so, even something that's like salute your. Sh- I know this is not like it's not classic TV, but like salute your shorts was only like two. But so, I guess they shot a lot of episodes. So um, uh, geez. more than like an average season would be. Gee, so uh-huh. I I just got the rating for you. So the episode premiered on January 19, 1953. Seventy one point nine percent of all American televisions watched the show. The show, forty four million viewers. Jesus. Which it, <laughs> that just makes the current state of TV ratings so sad. And it, oh, and, and it drew a share of eighty-two point six percent, a fig a figure that hasn't been touched since. That's but ridiculous. I, 
like uh, in today's have, landscape now, it's like you get like a zero point nine. You're like, uh, I mean, we might renew it. It, yeah. it looks good. <laughs> and if we had, oh, sorry. And to to compare it, uh, you know how presidential inaugurations get a lot of viewers, no matter who the president is. Um, the presidential inauguration was the next day, and it only got twenty nine million viewers. So, like, since we were, like, you know, running down, like, we're talking about our favorite TV shows and stuff, and, like, you know, you kind of see it when I, like, post the ratings and all that. Like, where do you think, like, as far as, I mean, it seems like most of the quality stuff is going to cable or streaming. Like, where do you see network TV kind of, I feel it's like a dying breed. I think we're on its its last, they're on its last legs. Unless they change, they finally decide to change the format that you and I have been fucking saying for years and years and years on this show. They got to stop doing 20 something season episodes because it's right. Just, because it, like the excuse used to always be like, oh, we need to sell it in the syndication. And now like certain shows don't even sell well in the syndication. Like it's not even like that used to be like the reason like, oh, we need to get to like 80 to 100 episodes this fast so we can sell it. But that's not even the case anymore for certain shows, especially with like streaming services picking up certain shows now. Like it's not even about selling it for that case. Like so, like you know, thirteen episodes is perfect. Ten that, to thirteen. That's why. That's why I've gotten off Riverdale because it's so long. Like the first season was perfect. Ten episodes, you're good to go. We don't need any more. And then the yeah. and the last two seasons have just not. They've gotten progressively worse. You like get like filler. It's like you throw in like all these like random episodes that don't drive the story forward. Unless, unless your comedies like comedies like The Office, comedies like I Love Lucy. Hell, The Goldbergs is perfect example. The Goldbergs is great, but you can have twenty something episodes because it's not. It's they're not trying to tell. Yeah, and you're not. Yeah, I think it's like the same for like something like Modern Family too. Like, there's not like a. There's like, I mean, there are overall like character arcs and they grow, but like, there's not like a narrative that you have to like strictly follow week after week. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see where television goes from here. I think everything is changing now. There's so yeah, many you can blame you can blame shows like I think like the whole concept like doing like serialized like TV shows like that have like you know like I think Lost kind of started that resurgence where it's like you need to watch this like week after week, and then every network tries to like copy that. You know, like you you get stuff like Prison Break and like, you know, like it's kind of like what seemed like one season, like kind of ideas that get stretched out to six or seven years. And like, I think another thing that hurts network TV a lot, too, is that they can't go to places that like streaming and cable can go to because they're just restricted because they're on network TV. Mm-hmm. Like, And when they try to do shows that like do that, like, I mean, you know, American Crime is on ABC for three seasons. It was good, but no one watched it because it's like it was like a more it had more like cable sensibilities. Like it's hard to do like something gritty and strong on network TV. And I think that's why a lot of people who are creating TV shows are going to other platforms because they don't have those restrictions anymore. Like I don't really, I don't really watch Fox, but I think Fox kind of going away from the mold in a way by doing wrestling on Fridays and then football on Thursdays. You kind of, you kind of only have to worry about doing three days of actual television shows. Yeah. I mean, they know, yeah. like, even like even if, like, because wrestling, again, I think last Friday, uh, it did, uh, or two- this past Friday, it led, like, the, it's still, like, even though the ratings were dropped, it's still, like, the top-rated show yeah, it went across up, all the networks on Friday. It, it actually went up from last week by, it was 1.9 last week, but this week it was 2.5. 
So, it did, so it, I mean, so like, and like something like that doesn't have to pull in killer ratings. Like, it just needs to like stay in that area, and like they, their investment's worth it because it's a lot cheaper to put on than like a a regular like TV yeah. show. And then football always has ratings. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that just like plays for itself. Yeah. You know, and, they, and then like you know they they air like the World Series and stuff like that. They get like bumps from that, and like yeah, they really only have to worry about like three. Actual Three days, like, yeah. days of programming, and then pretty uh, much so that'll be if they just stick with hour longs, it'll be six episodes. So Monday, Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday, yeah. Like, and they don't have to worry about you know like they don't have to worry about airing anything at ten o'clock here because it goes to the affiliate, so we get the ten o'clock news here. So they only have like two right. hours a night, like the eight nine o'clock hour where they have to have programming. Yeah, that's smart. And like I think they've been really smart about it, and like other networks haven't caught. I mean, I don't know if it's because like they have they're not able to get some of the things that fox has has gotten but like you know like it, it everyone's kind of like falling behind like it's like doing the ratings is sad every day <laughs> like no one's watching tv right you right you're going to ask a question yeah well does do you guys think that pure quantity of things to watch do you think that's hurt the yes. viewership yeah, amount? Yeah, yeah. like there's, yeah, there's I a think lot there's more too to much watch. there's a lot I more think things that, to watch. like and i think they have to figure out because, like, the big thing about, like, I think the CW was, like, one of the first networks to, like, embrace, like, delayed viewing and, and like, online viewing. Because they realized that, like, their target audience wasn't watching shows live. They were finding other ways to watch it. And, like, the other networks are finally catching on to that. But there's also, they're also trying to figure out a way to make money off of it. Because, like, the real money comes from advertising, which yeah. is why, you know... They want you to watch their show live, so you watch the commercials and like all the other stuff because you know that's where the money's coming from. And they still haven't quite figured out how to like completely monetize like the ads. People watch shows later, like watch it on their DVRs later or watch online. Yeah. Like it, the Nielsen rating system is such a dated system, and they still haven't figured out how to make it work. Yeah, and that's crazy in like this current landscape, and they still don't know how. Like, it's really hard to tell now, like, what shows are going to be renewed or canceled because everything is not, like, you, occasionally you get, like, a This Is Us and The Good Doctor that do well out the gate, but everything else seems to be in the same level. Of, like, and This Is well. Us has been kind of falling off now, right? Falling off, too. I mean, like, it's still doing well, but it's definitely not as strong as it was when it started. And, like, it's crazy because, like, the CW is not a, considered a big four network, but there are certain nights when the CW beats cbs and abc and nbc that's how like that's how the the playing field has kind of changed in and the last cbs year. has lost now they don't have big bang theory they don't really have a plat- and like yeah you're realizing how like weak some of their lineup is like young sheldon was getting like a 1.7 1.8 out out of big bang theory last season and now it's like hovering around a 1.0 1.1 like it needed that lead in yeah it's, oh, wow. it's, it's not a show that really survives on its own pretty crazy how things have changed so yeah i mean i wonder if we do this list in like two years how much things will change now <laughs> like, so. I, like i mean like i can't think of like it's crazy like if you, even when you look at like the golden globes or the emmys like occasionally you'll get like you know the good place and stuff like that representing network tv but like, everything else is like that's nominated is like hbo netflix showtime hulu even yeah. amazon like it's rare like or this is us gets network tv like i, I joke too but like I know it's this, so rare that you see network TV shows even getting like acknowledged anymore. And I, I know this isn't TV, but to close up, I've joked with Jen, but I 
half I'm half serious about this. Like Netflix, even with movies, it would have shocked me in like ten years that we don't have theaters anymore. Mm, I can see that. Like, I I, just, I can see. It. I mean, there are there. Are, I mean, there are a ton of people that fight it that would fight it. No, um, I agree. People will fight it, yeah. but I think once that old guard has gone, it would have shocked me. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I would hate it because I love going to the movies, but. Mm-hmm. Like I think it comes down to like theaters needing to like so I mean I mean I know like like a lot of theaters now they have the whole dining experience they try to make it as comfortable as they can for you to like justify paying the money to go yeah but it's really going to come down to like I mean plus the product has to be good I mean like there are certain movies that prove that like people will go see them if it's like an event like they have to go see it yeah like Avengers the and then I think Star yeah, Wars yeah. Joker. Like, Joker I think like theater chains have to step up their game too to make it more like okay this is like. Seventeen, eighteen dollars a ticket. Like, it needs to be worth it for me to like spend two hours in your spot. Yeah, agreed. Like, you yeah. know, like when I can just do this at home <laughs> with my surround sound. All right, all right, guys. So that pretty much wraps it up. Um, next week we will be looking at since I think everyone would have seen Doctor Sleep already. We're gonna look at our top ten favorite Stephen King films. There's a lot of Stephen King films, so. Dinner. <laughs> oh. So I know that Thinner will probably be on Ryan's list. Sleepwalkers. Sleep. The Tommy Knockers will be on G's list. Um, I got to see The Stand for the first time. So a lot of work to be done. But yeah, until- they're redoing that on CBS All Access. Too. Yeah, I, and the the original just came out on Blu-ray. So I'm looking. I might up. have to get CBS All Access because I kind of want to watch that Picard show. Too. No, I, I can't do that. <laughs> um, enough streaming service on my end. All right, kids. See you next week.